Welcome back to Normies Like Us, the podcast that reminds you it's hip to be square. We see you, listeners. After 13 long years, we wake up from cryosleep and return to Pandora because we're talking Avatar, the way of water on Normies Like Us. I feel her. I hear her heartbeat. She's so close. So what does her heartbeat sound like? Mighty. You heard it up top. We are, for the first time, taking a trip to Pandora, the mighty moon itself, to talk about the once highest grossing franchise of all time. That's right. Avatar, with the sequel Avatar Way of Water, here on Normies Like Us, with your hosts, uh, Colin Spider, uh, Monkey Boy Brooks. Oh, man. I, if you took Spider, I was going to audible to Mikey Boy, but you... Oh. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I should have so, called Dibs on all So, of I'll just be um, Mike Kitty. Sure. Sure. <laughs> and this is, uh, I guess, Jake Sully. That's right. Uh, but well, I, I would also identify most with the character of Spider. Uh, you could have been, yeah, Mike, Mike, which, or yeah, whatever his name, Stephen Lang's character is. Yeah, I can't Quaritch. Yeah. Quaritch. Quaritch. Mike Witch. Mike yeah. Witch. Yeah. The clone of e, Mike Witch. E.D. Falco general character. <laughs> yeah, General Mikey. <laughs> um, big Whale. What's up? Sure. Yeah. Iacon. Uh, yeah. We are here. Are. <laughs> on this podcast for the first time now mike uh this podcast has gone on for about 15 years correct how, how many episodes have we done here yeah our first episode was avatar one no oh, that's, that's false. <laughs> it, it but, should have been uh yeah. the the interesting thing to point out is jacob we've been going on for so long we have never covered avatar before the first film uh but here right. we are we're going to be talking the new release here avatar 2 Avatar, The Way of Water, uh, James Cameron's new uh, masterpiece, dot, dot, dot. We'll talk about that. Yeah. Um, but I guess, what is your guys' history? And I, I, I guess it's just worth pointing out, this is a pop culture podcast. We talk about normie stuff, normie things. Again, never talked about Avatar before. Something that uh, people point yeah. out about this franchise, does it permeate in pop culture? So what, what, what do you guys think about that, too? But Mike, what, what's your history with Avatar? Okay. Um, so, you know, as a, as a film nerd, film student guy, you know, came out to California to do all that. Uh, obviously when the first avatar is coming out, it's, it's a big deal. The technology is a big deal and it's, it's very cutting edge. So from that perspective, you know, I was, you know, intrigued to check it out and I saw it in 3d. That was a whole thing back then, you know? Um, so I checked it out kind of, I'm more of looking at its technical merits and it was technically impressive. I just think it's boring and I don't like the world of Pandora personally. I just, it just doesn't grab me like Mad Max. I don't know. I like that universe more than Pandora. The, the graphics are great, but uh, it, it was, it was, I kind of had to drag myself in, but we'll talk about it. There's merit wow. to these films. We'll talk though, about it. I, I didn't, I, I've, I've never been crazy about it, but I respect the craft. Like it is it's a groundbreaking film, biggest movie of all time. I, I give it credit it for that. And when you saw it, Mike, you saw it in 3D. I mean, you did the Correct. whole shebang. Okay, cool. Not IMAX, but 3D, big screen. You know, I did, I did as sure. much as I could. So I respect it for what it is and the numbers it generated. It's just not a, it's not a franchise I'm attached to that much. But okay, you know, 
We'll see. We'll see. Uh, Jacob. Jacob. You? Yeah. Tell well, us. Tell us how plugged in you are right now. <laughs> listen, I what came on here. I already know how Mike feels about it. I already know how uh, you feel about it, Colin, I think. But I came on this podcast to defend my boy, JC, James Cameron, and uh, to make a case for this franchise as a good franchise. And that's what I shall do. But as far as my experience uh, with the first movie, I did see it in theaters back in 2009. And uh, I don't think I appreciate it as much then as i did but i recently rewatched it uh basically the night before i saw the new one and that was the first time that i had seen it since theaters so it's been like 13 years and uh i thought it held up pretty well uh i'm pretty much a big fan of this uh uh franchise big fan of pandora the world i think uh i think you guys are crazy uh wow. pandora is oh, amazing man. Uh, and I love the Navi. Yeah. You love the Navi. The Navi. Who doesn't, wow. man? Who doesn't? Yeah. And as far as, okay, people say, mm-hmm. oh, Avatar doesn't have any cultural uh, significance mm-hmm. or whatever. But I say to those people, how can that be true when Avatar is the highest grossing worldwide film of all time? How can it have no cultural significance? True. Someone's going to see it, obviously, right? Well, and yeah, so. it has a, a theme park, which I assume none of us have gone to. I'm, no, I'm I mean, hard as I am. I, I did watch an entire YouTube video, uh, Jenny Nichols. Oh, yeah, it, it was. I might do that. That's a good idea. Yeah, um, wow. yes. her breaking it down. But but she's you great. Know, you said, and then we'll throw it to Colin with his experience. I just want to touch on you. Oh, biggest, highest grossing movie of all time. Mm-hmm. But then you yeah. yourself admitted you had not seen it since you saw it in the theaters 13 years ago. <laughs> so <laughs> no one's rewatching boy, it. No one's okay, watching okay. it at home. Nobody Fair can name point. three characters. Nobody I can. I can name five. We watched it five years ago. That doesn't count. I can, I can name five characters. Listen, I can listen. Jake Sully. That's a good point. That's a good point, Mike. But I would counter that by saying, how many times do you rewatch any MCU movie ever? Uh, for me, it's like very rarely. Uh, I think I rewatched Avengers 1. That was probably the last one I rewatched, not having, mm. you know, not out of theaters. But I, I never rewatched those things, movies. Those are mid too. Right. Yeah, but that's what yeah. we're that's you know, that's what we're comparing it against when we say, you know, blockbuster movies, you're comparing it against the MCUs, the DCs, yes. the Fast and the Furious, the Jurassic Worlds, the Transformers, those kind of movies. That's how I think of Avatar. Right? Of those movies in the wild. I've never seen an Avatar lunch pail, but yeah. Colin, I do see an Avatar yeah, drink on your desk. So what's your background? that's right. Yes. We uh, we're going to forensically in our next segment. I want to go through <laughs> beat by beat our our viewing, like every like our moment experience. that occurred. Yeah. Um, and I'll talk a little bit about my my e-way uh avatar collectible cinemark glass right here yeah. i just want to point out that this yes, glass is do. very tree inspired while <laughs> the new movie is very well, much a water yeah, Jacob, movie you say <laughs> that i water. looked on the cover of it i cannot find anything that's specifically way of water and the bottom just says it's avatar, avatar. <laughs> So they just had those cups in storage for 13 you, you years. You almost have to wonder, yes. If so those were. did not sell originally, yes. Um, but um, it, we're going to do the film school perspective, it's sounding like, because like you guys, same same deal. I was a young film student. Uh, Jake and I went to college together. Uh, I was in that very pretentious mode. I did not see this in theaters originally. I remember taking the stand and being like, this is the death of cinema. It's not where I like 
one of my favorite filmmakers, James Cameron, going. I, he was a man of practical effects, obviously always pushing computer effects to their limit. This is too far. I don't need to see a quote-unquote animated movie. Um, and then the the Catherine Bigelow stuff, his ex-wife, the Hurt Locker. I was swung more that way, if you remember that sort of Oscar. That was the narrative, yeah. Uh, versus each other, yes. And it was one of the, yeah. the, one of the lowest-grossing Oscar movies versus the highest-grossing because – Oh, was, was a good movie, but it was a it was more of an indie hit, right? It sure, like and a huge box controversial, episode. of course, because the war and you know times it's reflecting society. Not to say yeah. that Avatar is not, of course, Thank but um, I did not see this film until much later. I was wrong. I you hear all the hype of how the wave of it went up and it went down the roller coaster that the debate you two just had of does this culturally permeate. Um, I would hear other podcasts where people would start to float the idea of, you know what, I'm going to say it. Avatar is good. And I'd be like, ooh, that's interesting. Hmm. And during quarantine, I watched it for the first time all the way through when it hit Disney Plus for the first time. Because, of course, we'll talk about in the history of it that it is now a Disney property, quote unquote. Hmm. Um, And I was blown away. I thought it ruled. I, of course, did not then see it in 3D. I do not have a home 3D device of any kind. You don't? Um, <laughs> amazingly, no 3D TV. Uh, and then I watched it again this week to get ready for this new one, and it really did not work. And I wonder what the difference is of being exposed to this world for the first time and the excitement that comes with that versus like – Oh, I've kind of been here. I'm kind of now seeing the strings and again, the narrative stuff that we talked about, but that's where I was at. And I was excited to go into this. I'm going to accuse you a little bit, Jacob, of maybe a Doughboys style villain rant of where like, not to say that you're, Hmm. you're pretending to quote unquote, like last Jedi to piss me off, Mitch and Nick style. But I will say, I think you are maybe artificially defending this film in a way where I'm definitely not going to tear it apart, but I, I, I can't stop thinking about it. And there is a lot that I want to say about this movie that we all saw. Well, so yeah, First of all, yeah. I do like the Last Please. Jedi. Second I love of all, the Last Jedi. Um, <laughs> In you know, I have to defend great. this movie because yes. so yeah. many people I've talked to are like, "Oh, Avatar is mid." Avatar, boo! Yeah. We hate Avatar. So mm-hmm. I have to defend it harder than I would another movie because no one is defending my boy JC. So sure. I'm out here for that. And uh, you know, I think it does hold up against. And you know, I'm not saying it holds up against like real movies to me but but the you know that the well, blockbuster that scale oh, that we're well, 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 <laughs> you know what i mean a like, is like a good movie. this a like hobbit a level movie. yeah where you're just sort of like agreeing it's an achievement of cinema or are you enjoying it i guess is a question i enjoyed it and i enjoyed okay. it the first time i watched it and i rewatched it i think it held up and uh i think this new one is even better i think it blows the first avatar out of the water Nice. Get it? Water. Uh, nice. And wow. I think uh, I I'm excited to talk about this new one for sure. But I can also yeah. defend Avatar 1 if we want to go down that road. I think there'll wow. be a little bit of overlap, uh, kind of the yes. franchise and stuff with this. Again, the film school approach. And did the effects yeah. hold up? There'll be a little bit of comparison. But I'm I trying agree to just. Yeah. This is a step up and we'll dive into it when we get to proper review. You know, this is an improvement over the first one. I can at least give you that. And it's not. That's right. Concept. We're not going to trash it. It's not dog shit. I just have some issues. And again, the visuals 
I rewatched Avatar 1. The visuals hold up extremely well. Like it was ahead of its time when it came out in 2009. And I still think the effects today look as good as any MCU or any modern blockbuster. The effects are as good, if not better, in Avatar 1. And Avatar 2 is just a whole nother level in yeah. terms of visual effects. So I say, uh, let's, uh, let's go ahead and uh, plug into our, our little avatars and hop into the world of Pandora. Well, Spider, you just put on your gas mask and we'll, we'll, get, we'll <laughs> see you out there, you know? <laughs> and we'll talk. Uh, yeah, cuz. Yeah, bro. Bro, you ready, bro, cuz? <laughs> let's go. Way of water. I see you. <laughs> and, and with that, we're back because we do see you listeners. We are, of course, greeting you uh, and Turk truly Mokto. seeing you. Uh, Jacob is our true Mokto. He is the leader of this podcast where we are talking Avatar. We're going to be talking Avatar way of the water. We're going to be talking the history and all that stuff to get there. Let's talk JC real quick. Let's talk James Cameron, the director of this film. Uh, what is it? 1997. What year is Titanic? Right. 1998, 1998. Um, he releases a film, a, a genre filmmaker. OK, who up until that point had basically made movies about cyborgs and time travel and and goop and piranhas and like little nasty guys. The and ocean. Stuff, right. And the ocean because he loves the ocean. But aliens and weird stuff. The too. abyss. Mm-hmm. releases a movie, Jacob, that is the ultimate love story of all time. And he like marries huge sweeping cinematic effects with a simplistic love story that he yeah. writes. I mean, that he, he marries this incredible one of a kind soundtrack winning Grammy, you know, highest grossing of all time song to right. uh, he sweeps the Academy Awards and he makes all the money in existence. And because of that, you know, it, it's, it's worth pointing out because of all that, he is basically allowed to do whatever he wants. And from that moment in the 1990s, he says, well, I want to do the film that I wanted to do after the first Terminator, which is that movie about the silly blue cat people that I keep pitching you guys. And they're all like, OK. Mm. And he says, and here's the thing. I'm looking at my watch now. It's the 90s. The technology is not going to be ready until the late 2000s. And they're like, okay, what does that mean? And he says, I'm going to need money. I'm going to need money, money, money. You're going to give that to me. We're going to invest in it. And I'm going to deliver something to you that I I can't describe. In your mind right now, you're going to think about this stupid movie called The Polar Express that's coming out that like has people look like, you know, CG mannequins and stuff. Mm-hmm. That is not what I will be doing. It's conceptually what I will be doing, but I will be making you cry and making you think that these blue cats are real. And these executives basically go, okay, because again, the building we're standing in was paid for by this thing called Titanic. So we will be giving you the cash for that, but we don't understand it. And right. James Cameron goes, goodbye, and, and laughs all the way to the bank. And uh, that's how we get the first Avatar film. And just yeah, out for and, 12 years drawing blue people. Yeah. The technology's ready. <laughs> just doing crazy right. doodles. Yeah. Yep, yep. But 
to go back to you know 2009 um mm. a lot of people thought avatar was gonna be a bust like it was gonna be a box office bust um so I think it's important to note that like, yeah, there was doubters when Avatar came out, it proved them all wrong. And, uh, you know, Titanic was a very strange uh, success in that it's kind of unique where it's not based on any kind of IP. I mean, it's based on a true story, but it was just a very, you know, it's a historical disaster film. Uh, and if if you guys weren't old enough, uh, normies, when that movie came out, it was like everywhere, right? It was just, it was number one in the box yes. office for months. People are going to see it 10 times. Yeah. Until Avatar. Right? Yes. Yeah. And so. so James Cameron's only made three movies in, you know, 25 years. But but the first two were huge. You know, they're one in three on the best, you know, all time highest grossing movies. So, yeah, he's gained a lot of uh, leeway in terms of his creative vision, I guess, from the studios. He can, uh, what they say, don't bet against them, right? And he's generated a ton of revenue. And what, for whatever reason, you know, and we can talk this as we talk, you know, love it, love it or hate the Pandora franchise. He makes money. And this one seems yes. to be making money as well. So, and there's yes. still the doubters that say, oh, this one's going to be a bust. I think it's a, at like 40, 432 million opening weekend right now. I yeah. think that's pretty good. Uh, well, the other thing to consider with that too, because yeah. you know, obviously, the first movie played really big overseas. You know, China is still like kind of coming out of lockdown, and there's some COVID surge happening. Russia not getting this yet, or who knows? So, so there's a smaller right. global audience. So the fact that it did 400 already, it's probably a good sign that it's going to be okay. Yeah, and the global audience does. He does have that going for him because. You know, people in China, they come out for this movie way more than MCU movies, more than Star Wars. They don't really like Star Wars in China. Um, but this movie Too does well everywhere. They, they like Pandora. So. Um, yeah, they yeah. love Pandora. Important to point out about Big Gem, I guess, final fact before we jump into if we just want to say crazy things about Avatar. Before we go to or Avatar 2, but or spoilers, um, is that. After all this, and in the meantime, where he is truly actively developing this technology, he's directing live action stuff. He's in an editing bay on Adobe going, okay, one frame rendered, you know, is this 16 hours looks great. I'll be back in, you know, a week when the next one's done. Um, In between that, he is doing the environmental stuff that we all know about. He is, of course, shooting his documentaries. He is, of course, exploring the Marianas Trench, going to the yes. deepest fathoms that any human, of and course, Guinness has ever gone. Yeah. He He's is, very passionate about the environment, about climate change, which I think change. is good. You know, the coral reefs are dying. Um, he is fully dedicating his life to his vegan lifestyle and cause. He asks that all his film shoots be shot this way as well, uh, that his actors go on these diets as well, too. Um, he has been a vegan or a vegetarian since he started making movies. And like right. Jacob said, the dedication to the environmentalism. He's such an environmentalist and naturalist, you know, and he cares about the natural world, but he does not give a shit about his fellow humans who work with or under him on set. As he's been notoriously no, kind of an asshole. He, yeah, he is, he's a bit of a tyrant, known to be, as a yes. director, a bit of a tyrant. Um, but, you know, like Kate a Winslet said, she... As it were. Yeah, I want to come back to that director. when we talk way of the water because supposedly yeah. different now. But we'll we'll talk. That would that would be great to hear. But yeah, yeah I I'll think he he's acknowledged it. Uh, I, it's he's acknowledged it in the past and said he's trying to be a better person on set at, to his you know staff and, and employees and that kind of thing. So, but the thing is, he's such a 
people like him are such a, a perfectionist. perfectionist. Yeah. S- same with Stanley Kubrick that they, they see as they're giving it their all. They should expect the same from their crew, which, you know, love it or hate it. Like that's certainly a, a directorial style, but it doesn't always work the best. Yeah. yeah. And he's got his hands tightly around every kind of piece, especially Pandora. You know, he's very involved in, you know, the music, the editing, the very camera technology, you know, he'll shoot, like he'll like, operate the camera at times. Like he's very, very hands on yeah. director and he's very knowledgeable he's years on a sequel. To of, make sure it's just the, right. Of the first film he's listed as co-editor, which you, you really can't even imagine somebody like George Lucas who say also has pushed technology into these genre extremes, right. Or other mm-hmm. modern directors, you don't see Michael Bay being able to sit down in an editing bay and truly being like, okay, I know how to work with this footage around VFX that's not sort of inserted or, you know, temp tracks, you know, this weird modern style that we have to do. Mm-hmm. It's ironic because his name is Bay and he's not in the editing ones. But uh, so I guess that's <laughs> yeah, a I think he's a off point. Oh, go ahead. Yeah, I'll just say this. He's kind that's of a right, dying man. breed of blockbuster auteur where yes. most blockbuster movies these days, they're controlled by the studios. They're, they're, uh, you know, uh, tested to death with, with test audiences and that kind of thing changed around in post a lot. He is a rare person who has all the creative control on his huge blockbuster movie. And I think that's becoming more and more and more rare these days. So I'll just I say agree. that. Yeah. And I think that exactly leads into where I was going to head is some of the positives of this that I think we can all agree on before we, you know, nitpick it, maybe me and Colin, but the, the positives of this sequel and avatar as a whole, but specifically way of the water, you know, it's a technical expertise on display and the passion and the fact that it is James Cameron's baby. It's an original thing. Love it or hate it. Like if it works, but it, it is a thing that an artist, you know, it was his ideation to completion and you don't That's right. see that. So I can respect And it's that. a franchise now, but the first avatar is not based on anything. I mean, you could say the plot is based on Pocahontas or dances with wolves. One of the most, Popular complaints about Avatar One is that has that that basic plot of the colonizer coming in, uh, siding with the indigenous people against his own people, the colonizers. Yeah, it's been done before, uh, but never on a fucking fully realized alien world with, you know, giant blue cat people and fucking mechs and amazing effects. So never where the lead actors are not there. They are completely computer generated based on performance, which again is just astounding. And you say, I want to push back a little bit about you saying that this is an animated movie or, you know, he's still using motion capture. So it's still, the actors are doing all the motions. If you ever seen the behind the scenes footage Mm -hmm. of how they shoot it, they have, you know, things on their face, getting their, their, you know, facial expressions at all times. Uh, And then they do the actions. They block out the scenes with the actors. Uh, And I would argue that's the same way that, you know, the MCU does things now where they just green screen everything in and post, you know, in an Iron Man movie, anytime it's the suit, it's not Robert Downey Jr. inside the suit, right? He comes in, they do one little camera on his face so he can do the lines and then he leaves and they do everything else in post. So, how is that different from what Avatar is doing, really? Or how did what Avatar did inform what the MCU is doing, probably more accurately? Like, how, how much yeah. trickle, how much of an impact did his techniques have? For a long time, uh, tons of movies were post-processed with, you know, to be 3D right. and they weren't supposed to be, then that, his techniques kind of get out and more people... But I would just say it's not completely animated. And it's the same as the return of the... Um, 
I call it the Mean Monkeys, the uh, Planet That's of the right. Apes movies. Mean right. Monkeys. He should uh, he should put Andy Circus in one of these. Yeah, he should be yeah. uh, Taruk Makto in the next one. Hey, right. I took over the tribe. It's me. Mm-hmm. He'll be the Fire Nation. Because you know that's uh, got to happen. The in volcano the people trilogy. The Fire Nation. Will <laughs> that's tell. right. Get really thick arms. <laughs> <laughs> um, but you know, if you want to, I could briefly just counter some of the major arguments against uh, Avatar One. You know, they say it's it's like Dance with Wolves. I already covered that. Uh, the white savior uh, trope. I would say Avatar One subverts the white savior trope because Sam Worthington, Jake Sully, in this movie, in the first movie he basically gets owned the entire movie. Like he loses battles. He tries to fight the colonizers in the end, gets beat by them basically. And only when Awa, the indigenous deity steps in with the wildlife coming to, to their aid, that's when the battle turns. So he does I would argue that he's Tariq not the savior. Makto, though. He does become Tariq Makto. They're like, nobody's done that since my great, great, great grandfather. And he's like, I'll do it. But also anyone I think could have done that. He yes. had the idea He's to kind of the attack it from the top. You know, he knows yeah. how the predator thinks. So he does that. It's not because he's he's a colonizer or maybe it is informed by his he's a marine, his yeah. marine background. Yes. Yeah. Uh, and then even in the end, I mean, he wasn't going to be the chieftain, but uh, Sute dies. So, you know, but I would oh, argue that's well a basic, uh, you know, saying it's a white savior movie. I would push back on that. Just a little bit. It's a blue savior. Yeah. And then in the end, he throws away his old body, his old identity, his old life to become a Navi. And the last shot of Avatar 1 is him opening his eyes as a fully fledged Navi. All right. So that's that's Avatar 1. That's my little rant. Yeah. Yeah. I I hear you. I see you. I hear you. Um, I see see you. you. (laughs) But uh, let's let's do Way the Water then. So you're Hey, no worries, cuz. So I think let's go... um, Avatar one, right? It's about a human learning to become a Navi. So like, all right, shit, what do we That's do right. now? So in way of the water, hmm. how, what about Navi learning to become Navi? Right. And now that's yes. the movie. So sure. it, it, it shifts to the family focusing on the, the children mm-hmm. of Neytiri and Jake Sully, who are more almost background characters. Now they're the older. And again, this is what I think James Cameron is doing with his six sequels that he has in mind. Mm-hmm. It's going to be a generational story. So I think at some point, Jake Sully and Natiri are going to die and the kids are going to take over as the main characters. It's going to take, there's going to be time jumps in the future. This is all my theory, but it's going to become a generational story. So it's not just about Jake Sully. It's about generations of Navi and human relations on this planet, essentially. Sure. Yeah. I mean, but I'm, we I'm, focus on the kids. Yeah. Yeah. I'm, I'm with that. And there is a lot of, um, I was pleased that it wasn't just, the J- Jake Sully show. I, I did not mind that it was the kids and there's a lot of like sins of the father, you know, things about the younger generation and do the older people listen to the kids or how do the kids, def- you know, there's something about that intergenerational, you know, relations on top of his. Totally. Um, it's all about shit. It's like they're Greta sometimes. Like why, why yeah. won't adults listen to the kids and vice versa, you know? Right. There's wisdom and each on of the sides. kids for the most part has their own kind of character arc. Uh, I like the expanding of the cast. So like you said, yeah, Jake Sully, he's more of a background character now. He's the father figure. You have Loak, the second son, trying to live up to his older brother who's like who's you perfect. You don't know he has a cheat up. Of course I do. Of course I do. You are cheating. No, Loak. Let's pause, um, pause, yeah, pause, yeah, yeah. pause, 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 pause. Because they're cats. Let's talk Jake Sully real quick. 
We didn't say it. Sam Worthington is the lead of this franchise. He plays the crippled Marine in the first film, who, of course, gains freedom through his new body, the quote-unquote avatar, which allows him to step into a Navi body. Uh, What is Sam Worthington to you guys? Sam Worthington, a guy who very famously was living in his car before he booked this part, a totally unknown actor who then films it and zoe saldana will sort of talk about the same thing you have four years between shooting this thing and it getting released originally right uh in that time he sort of jumped ship to another james cameron franchise james cameron obviously not affiliated becomes the terminator salvation guy right right. kind of his biggest role and from there nothing else but what what is what is sam worthington to you well he's a guy that uh he gets a bad rap as a bad actor like if you ask anyone Oh, what do you think of Sam Worthington? Oh, he's not he's not a good actor. He's like a guy that tried to make it as a leading man and it didn't work. Um, and I, I I basically agree with that. I don't think he's a great actor, but I think he's fine in Avatar 1. And then in this movie, I think he's actually pretty good as more of the supporting role, the father figure. Like, I think he's nailing it pretty well in this movie. I agree with that, actually. Mike, but yeah. what is Sam Worthington to you up to this point? <laughs> Nothing. Yes. <laughs> Like it's, it's, Correct it's in, he's inoffensive. I have no opinion of him, which is almost the worst thing, you know. Wasn't he in that uh, Rise of the Titans or whatever movie too? Oh yeah, he did do the Clash of the Titan remake, Clash of the Titans. Oh, yeah. I have a pitch. I want us to cover <laughs> that after we're done with the Star Trek films. But let's we'll that's, the that's amazing. Films. I. I love those films. I forgot he was in those until you just said that, Jacob. Here's yeah. who he is to me. My father will point at him sometimes, like when there were trailers for the first Avatar or the first ter- that Terminator film. And he'll go, see that guy there? And I'll say, yeah, that guy. He'll go, you see that guy? And I'll go, yeah, who is that guy? And he'll go, that guy's a bum. That guy sucks. <laughs> oh, <laughs> My dad no. would just zero in on him. Like, I Sam Worthless. Guy. He ton. shouldn't be in movies. He's Sam Worthless LinkedIn. He sucks, dude. <laughs> And he's so, in it, Terminator Salvation with yes. that's that's the one with Christian Bale, yes. right? The yeah, not my G film, not right. not anybody's favorite Terminator movie. No. Yeah, um, but yeah. I paused yeah. you to I wanted to get him out there, but let's go ahead and talk about his mate as well, who does have these kids with him. Zoe Saldana's character Natiri, who is the um, uh, what would you say? I you know the. She's sort of the princess of the tribe. tribe. Yes. Her father is again another trope. Her mother is the religious spiritual leader. Um, Zoe Saldana had this whole phase basically in the late 2000s to even now, where she, for some reason, she's in all these like sci fi franchises, right? Guardians of the Galaxy, Star Trek. This, oh, um, we're gonna yeah. talk about her again so much that's yeah, yeah. I she's almost her. got her typecast as like yeah. the for some sci-fi reason girl she's almost the new sigourney weaver in that she's you know hmm. in all these sci-fis but Very i cool. think she mentioned in an interview recently she kind of felt side like kind of typecast as this character couldn't break into other kinds of movies that she would like to do so i hope that you know going forward she can get other kinds of roles too I'm sorry to hear that she would have any kind of backlash. I think her performance as Natiri is maybe the performance of the first movie. And one of my mm. big complaints of Way of Water is, where's my girl Natiri? Get her front and center. Yeah, she she's really sidetracked in, in this. Third act, though. I think yeah. she's t- probably the best shit in the movie is her and Act yes. 3, which we'll get there. I would argue oh, yeah. the best shit in the movie is the opening reveal of the 3D, which we'll talk about. But her pregnant belly and you just being like, oh, fuck, we're back in Pandora. I fucking love 
love this movie. Oh, that's yeah, true. I watch it. In two Doesn't years. last long though. Right. Yes, important to say, Mike. You went and saw this film. Did not see it in the uh, three dimensions. It was sold out. So sold out. Yeah, I'm interested to hear. You know the difference because I don't know if you really appreciate the visuals as much in 2d. Like this is really a movie. I don't think every movie should be in 3d. I don't even think every blockbuster should be in 3d, but something like this, absolutely. It's meant to be seen in 3d. I think I will say while watching it before we get back to the plot, um, there wasn't anything that stood out to me like, Oh, watch out for the ping pong ball coming straight to the, you know, like if there yeah. was 3d, it seems like it would have been integrated. Seem because there's nothing that stuck out to me. Like, Oh, look at this. This, Pointless no, it's not gimmicky. Element. Yeah, no, is, it's so subtle. Yeah, yeah. Well, pretty seamless. Like I, I didn't know where they would have put it in. So I want to know about if you, how you felt about the high frame rate in certain scenes. Like it kind of cuts back and forth from whenever there's like a action or like a, a landscape shot of like the birds flying mm-hmm. and stuff. A lot of times it goes to this high frame rate, and then in scenes where people are just talking to each other, it's just like normal frame rate. Right? Was I that never- distracting to you at all? I never perceived a difference, maybe. So I think mm. compared to The Hobbit, this was fine for high frame rate. I think it was a lot more noticeable in 3D, maybe, because... It, yeah, it mm, might not be. I didn't it, was, it was a little distracting for me. It was almost like, you know... Well, Colin, what do you think? Jake and I saw us together in 3D. We did an afternoon matinee. Um, perfect middle seats. You said when you got them, not sold out. Theater, packed. I will not say responsive, not a lot of hooting and hollering or reacting. One great moment of clapping at an arm moment that we'll talk about. But um, that and I'm hearing, Jacob, that a lot of theaters are actually having issues showing the 3D showings because it's been so long since a 3D movie that I guess theaters just don't know how to do it anymore. Just Mm -hmm. fucking bullshit. I thought that was flawless, but I have to agree with you. And I know we spoke about it right afterwards, but the 3D high frame rate where James Cameron, who again, innovator, like a guy who sits down. We talked once, I I believe about the Alita issue where people were like, yo, Alita's fucked up. They messed it up. They made the pupils too big. Like her eyes are wrong or whatever. And James Mm -hmm. Cameron said, no, no, no. Actually what you're seeing is, is that the pupils need to be more centerized because blah, blah, blah. And he figured out that like the way people were looking at him was wrong and they redid it to his specs. And everybody was like, oh, actually this is watchable now. He Mm -hmm. has the mind for this stuff. So you cannot, Ang Lee has come out with high frame rate movies like um, what's that one called? Mirror, mirror man. What, what's the one with Will Smith? The, the clone one. Gemini. Man. Oh, Gemini, Gemini man. man. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Where yeah. it's, it's these. And of course, Hobbit, we, we Mike just mentioned as well, where the, the cranking up of the projecting of the film to anybody who's not like a big film head, you have to understand is to control the variable speed. Our eyes perceive things at 24 frames per second. We don't know why, but of course, we can perceive them at different things as well. And if we do perceive them at different frames per second, it will get rid of motion blur, motion smoothing, which is this whole separate thing that goes on with television sets. But there's an argument of should we have motion blur? Should we not have motion blur? There's an artificiality to the look of cinema that when you see a camera whip around in a Quentin Tarantino movie, you instantly in your mind think, oh, the camera's whipping around. Or if you're looking at lens flare in a J.J. Abrams movie, like when we talk about those Star Trek films where you go like, Mm -hmm. oh, this is artificial. Opposed to someone like James Cameron, who, again, has spent so much money on computers to make you think that these people are running around in a real forest and that they are blue and stuff. 
doesn't want you for a second to think that you are watching a movie. He wants right. you to think that all of it is real. So he wants to eliminate that motion blur. Mm-hmm. Right. Now, the way he has done that, because Ang Lee does it for the whole movie, the way that that Gemini man is projected, you can't interval. There's not a guy up there running the projector going like, slow it down. You know, like, oh, we're mm-hmm. going too fast now or something like, no, no, no. The whole movie has to go at 48 frames per second. And when it does, you start to lose your mind because you are like not used to it. You you just we're human beings who watch stuff every second of the day. So what you're used to looking at your TV doesn't make sense when it's changed. So James Cameron goes, OK, since I can't control that element, what I will do is take certain scenes and copy and paste the frames so that technically I'm putting double in at those moments where I think you should. And I'm artificially cranking that frame rate up. And yeah. what I said to Jacob was, it feels like those moments in video games, Mike, where characters are doing what you want them to do, but then they walk into a cutscene and it's like, oh, hey, Dave, how are you? And they have that like smooth transition of like, now I have to do all the prescribed things. Okay, I'm out of it. You have the controls right. again. Move the camera around. It, and you're just like, ah, yeah, that's a very, yeah. it's a very accurate description to say it does look like video game cutscenes at times. And from my experience, when if, when the movie started and it was going back and forth, it was distracting at first. Once I got into the movie, I started to think about it less and less yeah. and just kind of roll with it. And I think it's he, sort of a, your mileage will vary. Uh, some people don't notice, you know, the difference at all. Some people don't see motion smoothing on their TV. Like my, my siblings, they go to my sister's house and she has motion smoothing on. I freak out about it because I'm Ugh. like, it's such a pet peeve of mine, but she doesn't notice it at all. But if you saw a side-by-side comparison, you would notice it. But a lot of people, unless they see that, they're not going to see it. You know what I mean? Right. Yeah. yeah. yeah and you know, it, yeah, your mileage may vary, but uh, interesting again, techniques being pioneered here and uh, just, you know, even 2D for me, I, I just a visual fidelity, like the, the whole fucking movie's in water and people getting yeah. wet and there's drops of fucking water on people's skin and it looks crazy good. Like it looks and yeah. none of it's Unlike real. Reflecting. No, it's it's wild. It does and think about incredible. the person who's whose job was to make sure the loincloth was uh covering everything at all times when they're they're Jeez. running okay. around in the jungle and guys, stuff. Guys, if I was spider now we're getting into bad balls <laughs> in my butthole. No, that this is a no, good, that's a good if I mean, my dick was out the whole time, Mike, and I was running around, I'd be yeah. having a smile on my face too. I would love Pandora. <laughs> so free. Right, but you're that's you're what's impressive. Like it's you know, once we talk times. about the character of Spider, um <laughs> to have a human character aside these animated Navi that's extremely impressive to me because yes. you can make Gollum, you know? Yes. Yeah. And you yes. can make it when it's, when it's, everything is, when everything is animated on the screen, it's not as hard to make it look good. But when you have an, a human actor in the same shot, it's really hard to make it look natural. Right. We've and seen that with, pulled out for a minute. Yeah. Yeah. So I think that's the most path. impressive thing about this movie to me. Yeah. With any of these shots. Um, for sure. So full credit, like some of these animals, you know, we, we get long sequences. I think there's some pacing, but it feels like even the, the Disney theme park, they make you call the original movie. Have you seen our documentary? You know, and, and parts of this it is a feel like a documentary. Like he wants you to get yeah, used it's a to nature the documentary the nature, and then we're going to yeah, kill an, an alien animal and planet. Feel bad Look, yeah. the earth is dead. Yeah. <laughs> as, as Edie Falco just says, point blank, 
we got to give yeah. up on this thing. We oh, got to get themes out of, of this movie 100%. are not subtle. Like you, yeah. there's of all the things you can say about James Cameron, he's not subtle in what the Avatar movies are about. Edie Falcon uh, should say, I have been to the lowest point of the earth, the Mariana's Trench, and this is what I think. <laughs> We've yet to say yeah. the word unobtainium. Never forget. Well, well unobtainium, not we an change important our part mind. of this movie. Yeah. We, yeah. We, no, the first that, movie was a, not a very good. blunt name of a rare resource. That's you true. can't, but I, that it. never bothered me because in universe, the humans named it unobtainium, and that seems like something a human company would do to me. So that, <laughs> that never bothered like me. Dumb writer named James Cameron, would call <laughs> no, like Elon Musk, would call it unobtainium. Like that, I does, guess, that yeah, think, dumb, yeah, dumbass yeah, yeah. tadium. Yeah. yeah. So anyway, we got but, a new thing here. But anyway, so the first movie was we need this mineral that's worth millions of dollars or whatever. Now it's yeah. like, oh, we're trying to move to Pandora. Like the Earth is dying. Humans go. need to get out of here. Mm-hmm. Uh, so we're going to literally colonize Pandora. And there's also a new MacGuffin, which is like whale brain juice that makes whale vape juice. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> which I got to ask, it, they come back to Pandora. It's kind of a big thing in the opening. Like, oh, shoot, they're, they're back, right? The sky people. Um, and at what point did they discover the whale brain juice? Did they know about it and that's why they came back or did they just start yeah. fucking around with whales that's and then they question. discovered it? Well, we see they have whole whale hunting teams with boats and stuff yeah so why would you do that if you didn't already well they're studying all parts of pandora's wildlife they could have had another team on it yeah 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 Yeah, we don't know how much science has gone on over the years yeah it takes five years but we're not supposed to believe i think that was the first you know colony sent i think since then it's just been endless endless and yes so we get this great opening line of we sent the sky people packing even though we kept some of the smart sciencey people around i don't know why they wouldn't jake Sully wouldn't then think and go like and let's get all the other ones going if there are these other factions of whalers and stuff it's like no no, no right. everybody needs to go well, it's like they yeah. sent them packing once but you can't keep the humans yes. out forever they're just going to come no. back with more weapons and stuff they can land know? on any side of the planet like it's it's yeah. like it, it's mm-hmm. not limited to our little tree village which the souls no. kind of have to learn the lesson of that right and yeah. we get a bunch of world building in this movie to open up the world of pandora with new biomes new tribes and we see the difference even between the tribes of the navi so we know not I all navi this. looks like the woods navi we've got this yeah I mean, it just makes the sequel so worth it the whole time i'm looking at their popeye arms jacob their little flippers when he, they're saying you like you don't have tail. the tail like us oh that's my right goodness. yeah I'm i knew like, you would like the he, tail he cracked it i i loved it they've got their <laughs> own culture their own sea culture and i kind of see them obviously they're more based on the the maori people whereas the right the woods navi were more like the indigenous people of america now we have the maori they even do the uh the haka at one point kind of Which, with the uh, yeah <laughs> on the nose for me bro yeah yeah again yeah. james cameron not subtle well right? and it's yeah. it's why earlier when you're like i'm not going to do an impression of like the voices of the, these characters or anything i get nervous <laughs> to truly in my 30 year old brain of being like there's a lot of the Navi characters whose names I'm not going to say just because I'm like, I'm not positive what they are and I'm not positive they're going to stick. And yeah. it's one of those things where it's like, do you – I'm very proud of James Cameron for being of this generation where it seems like all those guys were like, find your franchise. And like it took him a while. He found his Star Wars and he's like, here's what it is. This is what I love. I'm go, going for it. Mm-hmm. But the difference is where it's like – all the Star Wars appropriation of culturing just feels so – it feels lesser. It is all wrong. 
It is all wrong. I want everybody to know mm-hmm. that it is all wrong. But it feels like the misjudgments of an idiot named George Lucas, who's like, and then in Phantom Menace, these guys will kind of sound like Chinese takeout delivery guys, but right, or you have Watto, not actually anti-Semitic uh, and, trope. But Jacob, but yeah. Watto's not actually anti-Semitic. The James Cameron equivalent, right. unfortunately, is like, I'm going to take all indigenous cultures. And you're like, well, what are they going to be like? And he's like, well, they're going to be indigenous cultures. And you're like, right. OK, yeah. well, that makes me feel weird. And then and if you get into the, the hardest casting thing for me of, to get into uh, with Avatar. Mm-hmm. Yeah. some of the, you know, some of the casting, they do cast, you know, Cliff Curtis is the tribal yes. leader of the uh, sea yes. people. He's a Maori. West duty in the last one. CC yeah. H Pounder. But like, then you there's, have there's Kate Winslet as his wife. Where you're like, like, what's uh, going on here? Yeah. <laughs> like, like, what are you even trying to say here? The way that she's talking, the voice that she's doing when she's saying, that's my soul sister and stuff. I am truly going like, ooh, I don't understand why this has to be Kate Winslet. I don't understand what this right. is, and I don't like it. Yeah, so. yeah. There's, a, there's a little bit of, this is Pandora, a.k.a. Yeah. James Cameron's version of, quote, indigenous peoples that we can learn. From. It's like he's regurgitating his kind of interpretation of a thing. Yeah, and, it, and you can kind of get away with... Uh, to say charitably. <laughs> Well, you don't have to be, you don't have to stick to the actual history of indigenous people on earth because it's a whole it's a different species. They're and aliens. With like, the metaphor to do. Yeah. Like an alien. Planet. Yeah. Now we can do Star Trek does parable with this alien species. We can put an earth based thing on an alien culture and then we can kind of have a dialogue. So, so it's, it's kind of doing that. Um, right. Exactly. The Haka just kind of threw me off, like literally. It's, yeah, it that just, wasn't my favorite it, part. It, yes, yeah. it just makes you go like, I don't know that they have to have the Maori tattoos. I don't know that they have to do the Haka. <laughs> I understand that you're literally going like, but this is me honoring them. And I think it's what Jacob said or, or said to me after the showing where you said like, I think James Cameron is a white guy who tries really, really hard and constantly steps in bear traps. And that's I, exactly I it. Um, that's if right. Yes. Even his James recent comments. Uh, yes. He is to a certain degree. And I think that's, again, the subversion of the, the white savior trope. Because I think James Cameron, he, he is... want to do good at the end of the day. Yeah. He's a really rich, old white guy. But if you compare him to 99% of rich, old white guys, I think he's coming from a... His heart's in the right place compared to a lot of people yes. in his tax bracket uh to you know yeah so yes. he's doing his best he puts his foot in his mouth a lot with certain comments but he's doing his best yeah and let me just say i, I think this movie I, it kind of i cracked the code in my head at least i like to think i did because the first movie is very you know it's anti-military it's anti-colonialism it's anti like resource industrialization you know, industrialization this one's of yeah. course like we got to be protecting the oceans no whaling um and there's a spectacle in this magical world around it i think these and they're very blunt it's very clear whaling bad right so i yeah. think these are movies for stupid babies with a really high they are. budget. So like for children yeah. to watch it and be like, no, oh, you're really? told- it's bad. Perfect. Uh, yeah. yeah. But for me as an, an adult, who's like, man, this plot's a little meh. That's where I get off. Like kind of, well, I would, know. I would say, yeah, go ahead. But it's well, fine. I just the message reaches that- people like especially yes. young people. Yeah. But I think, and I'm curious if you were just about to say something to this effect, Jacob, but Mike, I think he would say, yeah, because Star Wars is stupid. I'm trying to do that. <laughs> I would say, yes, too. it's movies for <laughs> normies is what it is. Yeah. It's, for new, it's movies for people that their favorite like movies us. are Transformers, Fast yes. and the Furious, Jurassic World. Like 
that's the kind of movies I'm I'm comparing Avatar yo, to. Yo, mm-hmm. we gotta clean up those oceans. Did you see that thing? Man? Like, whoa, spiders! Yeah, right, yeah bro. bro. You wanted on like, gasoline? We gotta get you electric, bro. <laughs> so it really so is. I'm it's the first Tesla transformer. <laughs> The Three Musketeers is a three I wish yeah. we would have found that bit in those episodes, Mike. That's yeah, great. Right. It's fine. Anyway, Electric. I'm mad that it's a gas guzzler, Mark Wahlberg. <laughs> but really, that's what I think is, yeah. that's why it is so unsubtle, because it is for yes. like anyone, it's super accessible to anyone. Your mom could watch this movie and understand what's going on, even though she knows nothing about Pandora or anything going into it. But what, but what do moms think about high frame rates and 3D and stuff like that? That is they just even a tool notice. That's for him, thing. Jacob. That's he just, just wants him. you to put the helmet on and just get sucked into the world. That's the point of that. I think, yeah. So if you compare him to like, you know, Scorsese would say, well, no, you know, cinema is an art form in itself with the 24 frames a second coming from Film, obviously, film is the way that we used to shoot things. Yeah, James Cameron would say, "Fuck cinema. This is a an experience, right? I want you to believe that you're at you're in Pandora, (laughs) right? As opposed to watching my brain. Yes, in an ideal world, we would be plug into this avatar and you are in Pandora, like a supreme VR one thing. Like that's what that's what Avatar Six is going to be when we're all living in virtual reality. It's just going to be a virtual reality environment. Do you think he's seen Westworld and he's like, God, Anthony Hopkins totally gets me. (laughs) He's like, that's that's what it should be. And you're like, oh, no, you're getting the wrong message. Well, I think there is something to. You know, he's gone to the bottom of the ocean. He studies this shit. You know, there's something to which experience begets empathy, right? You go to another yeah. country and all of a sudden you kind of get it a little more than you did just reading, right? We go learn yeah. about animals, right? And he wants to give you that on a fake right. planet to make you think about your own planet. And so it has. Yeah, it's a, yeah. Again, it's for very normie, basic people yes. that are like, who never thought about, oh, wait climate change is happening. That's bad. Like a lot of people are just l- trying to live their lives. They don't think about these existential threats to humanity. But if you see this movie, then you're like, Oh, I get it. I get the, the plight of the indigenous people. I get, you know, why colonial, you know, colonialism is bad. Like it makes people think, yeah, it's very unsubtle because it's, that's its whole point, right? Harvesting of animals. And like for a blockbuster movie to be doing that straight yeah. up, like, and loudly with a megaphone, like a lot of studios would filter some of that stuff out, you know? Let's go exactly where Mike just said with empathy. I want to throw back to what I said before about talking about James Cameron as a person on these sets. Now, we alluded to Big Asshole, uh, very famously on the Alien set that was a London crew. He revolted against them. He hated that they had different union rules and stuff, that Mm -hmm. they were basically protected and couldn't do what he wanted every second of the day. He's a guy who, on his set, has a rule that is, if you cannot communicate what you need to within like under 20 words, don't bother fucking saying it. Okay. You need to say mm-hmm. it honest. You need to say it direct. And that applies to his whole life and his whole home. Now, uh, I don't know if you guys remember this thing, the novel coronavirus occurred, which uh, stopped mm-hmm. all of life and existence for uh, three years. <laughs> and uh, if you were outside of New Zealand, that is because, of course, New Zealand was one of those incredible countries of pure lockdown. A lot of people could shoot films there. This film was shot there. 
of course, when the crew was not working, they were making X for Ty West, uh, a fact that I just mm-hmm. absolutely love. The, oh, the wow, same that's incredible. Crew. And Weta Digital, yeah. obviously, behind and Weta Texas, Digital, yes. And we love them. That's why it's a um, column. Amazing reverse column. Truly. Uh, so all that is occurring, and he basically uproots his whole life because this is, again, not a short process. I mean, the kid who plays Spider started shooting this when he's 13. He is 19 years old now. It is six years. He, he moved to New yeah. Zealand prior to doing all this. And, and Edie and stuff. Edie Falco said she shot her scenes like four years ago and Same. thought the movie had already come out. And like was just bad, so people didn't talk about it. Like, oh, Avatar man. too? Yeah. No, no, no. What are you talking about? I they got to be on six now. They're like, no, 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 easy. <laughs> um, so you 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 have James Cameron making these big choices in his life and these big commitments. Of course, that is going to drive everyone in his life crazy. He's an older man who I believe is on marriage eight or nine, uh, and of course has many kids but we he have has... more avatars or more marriages <laughs> let's see i'm rooting for marriages mike i'm, I'm not <laughs> open we give any more of these yeah. <laughs> um, oh we are we'll see um mm. the kids implemented his onset policy of hey cut the bullshit man we got to talk to you you're spending too much time trying to make these fucking avatar movies you're not being a good dad you suck you are out of our life Damn. and uh it Drove him crazy as a perfectionist that instead he devoted all of his energy to, I need to perfect being a dad. And I think the energy of this film is kids are important. And I think that's kind of a lesson, speaking of basic yeah. bitch, that like James Cameron just learned and yeah, like family. wants the rest of us to know. But that's this movie, right, Jacob? Well, yeah. Like you're saying, family saving the world maybe isn't it. Family's important <laughs> <Yeah>. too. <laughs> But yeah. this is his life's work. You know, like you yes. said, he's 70 or whatever. He's not making any other movies for the rest of his life other than Avatar sequels. Like, who knows how many there will be made by the time he, he dies. But this is what he's doing with the rest of his life. So he's dedicated his, his life to the Avatar franchise. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Doug, I'm crediting. He has mentioned, like, I need to start training wow. an apprentice to make Avatar movies and nothing else because I'm the only one who could make them. And I need to begin writing a, a somebody. That's like, that's George who wants R. R. to be the head of doing. Twitter? It's like, yeah. no, no one. It's like, please don't pick me for that job. Don't right. bind me to the Avatar franchise. No matter how much money you throw at me in whale juice, you yeah. injected in my I don't veins. deserve this. <laughs> yeah, I know. But yeah, again, this movie is about family. It's about yes. the kids having to live up to their, parent, their parental... Yes. And- you know, living people. with the sins of the previous generation, what Jake Sully yes. wrought, they're dealing with the effects yes. of, you know, that's right with the previous generation, much like the environmental disasters. So should we they deal with? Yeah. Should we talk about each of the kids and kind of what their deal is in, within the movie? <laughs> I would love yeah. if you did. We're talking generationally. You said, Jacob, you, you see these going on and on that maybe even one day you could see Jake and Natiri not being the lead characters, these, these totally. kids going on. Did you have any hint of that before this, or just you're saying post this movie, you, you feel that it's way, more this post this generational. Movie. Okay. I knew it was going to, I knew the kids were going to feature heavily in this from yes. the trailers and the promotional material and everything. Um, but I really think James Cameron wants to tell like a generational epic. So it's not just about Jake Sully and Natiri. It's about the larger picture. And I think we have the roots of that with this spider, Quaritch relationship, which I think is going to come into play in the third movie. Uh, uh, and like you meant, well, we'll get to it in the third act with Natiri 
and all that stuff. Like, I think that's going to be a big oh my part God. of the next movie. Yeah. All right. So this is hour one of this podcast. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you got that's right. to go. Two more hours. Hit, hit, hit pause now. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So let's <laughs> talk about Cameron the kids. Said, we have um, plug in. The three yeah. hour, this one joke, and then we'll go with the kids. Um, someone Please. said, hey, what's a good time to go to the restroom when you watch this movie? And he's like, anytime you want, because if you miss a scene, you'll just catch it the next time you watch the movie that's right <laughs> like that's, just come back. that's, that's so such a baller right, thing to Cameron. say and you know I he makes stop point. thinking about it look so i've said before that that crazy. there's too many long movies like movies shouldn't be so yes. long and i do think this is a little long but at the same time little James cameron pointed out people are willing to sit people are willing to binge a series and they'll watch five one-hour episodes of a series in one sitting but they can't sit through a three-hour movie i i am I am usually not in a theater when I'm watching three episodes of Daredevil in a row. I can, I, there is usually, I have autonomy a little bit to get up and use the restroom when those credits hit. Yeah. You know me, I've said, you know, don't like long movies, long movies don't need to be so long, but my whole stance is that if the (laughs) movie feels deserving of its length, hold on, pause, Mike, if you had to guess when Jacob got up to use the bathroom for this movie, (laughs) what scene would you guess that he does it at? Oh boy. if I had I to think guess, I missed something big. Spo- spoilers for this movie, yeah. uh, listeners, if <laughs> you're not going to see it. What, what do I think Jacob's constitution is generally? <laughs> um, I thought I was going to have to get up twice. You know what? This I movie, think I. Oh, no, that's too late. Is it the brother? I'll tell you. Dog it was during a major character. When Mateo <laughs> says, yeah. yes. I think I've been hit. And yep. then he lays down. I was like, wow, this is really happening. You stood up and left. I was like, no, not now, Jacob. Like, that's I always choose. <laughs> okay. I don't know if I've told this story the story in the podcast. May. Wow. Yeah. When we oh, went to yeah. see No Way Home, <laughs> oh, I missed yeah. the Aunt May death. For some reason, I'm always missing Incredible. a major character. Death. I made it through Return what a of the choice. King without getting up. And I made it through this without getting up. Um, wow. But let me just point out. You remember the alien story? Alien S, right? Yes. I like to think. James Cameron said, check it out. It's Avatar, but it's way of water. And when people leave the theater, wow. Okay. That's what they're going to say. That is for our YouTube uh, viewers. Mike, that is incredible. (laughs) Jesus. That's, yeah. Yeah. But But I did walk out. Children after you tell us this bit. Yeah. Yeah, I always seem to walk out during a major character death. Bad luck, man. I thought I I had some downtime. I was shocked. (laughs) And then I came back. Act has no downtime. And he was gone. Yeah, Yeah. there's no good time to walk out. And I put it together via context clues. But that, of course, is uh, Nateum, the (laughs) oldest son. Yes. Uh, That one I did have to look up. But from memory, I I do know Loak. I know Kiri. I know Took, the youngest child. It's not Kitty. I swear. I was like, they named this person Kitty. I thought no, they named K I R I, but the way they pronounce it, it's like Kitty. I, I think Katie Spider is sometimes saying Kitty, <laughs> <laughs> and I don't think that they have footage to like cut around it. So no, he's like, "Damn it, like, you did so, name a cat person Kitty." Yeah, yeah so Jake, Sully, and Natiri, they have or they have um, several biological children. The first being uh, Nateum, the oldest mm-hmm. child. Who this is? This is the opening shot of the movie. Is Yes. Jake Sully explaining exactly what Jacob is about to say. Well, first, I like how they deal with the, uh, oh, everyone's talking in English, but it's really Navi, where he says like, oh, it took me a while to learn the Navi language, but now it just sounds just like English to me. 
And then the rest of the movie, they're Teo all speaking English, Watsukawa, but we understand. Hand me my water, <laughs> Jacob. And you're yeah. like, yeah. oh, yeah. <laughs> Which is a good way, to, I think, to handle that. Yes. Um, Amazing. Yeah. Yeah. So we have Nateam, the oldest warrior. son. We have Loak, the second son, who's kind of the rebellious, trying to live up to both his dad and his older brother, who's kind of like the favorite child, like he does everything right. Loak mm-hmm. does everything wrong in his dad's eyes. Uh, and because of that, he's very rebellious. Then we have Kiri, who is the daughter of Grace. Miracle daughter Sigourney, Sigourney Weaver, Weaver's avatar. Avatar, who we don't know who the father is. Could of be course, immaculate conception. My theory, no idea. that is, I think that probably oh. everyone you know, who sees that will kind of understand. She, it, She's the daughter of uh, Ewa, right? She is the Jesus of Pandora. Will you explain what happened to Grace in the first film, Jacob? Yeah, Grace uh, gets shot as her human body gets shot. She's dying. They're trying to save her. They take her to the Tree of Souls. They're going to try to put her in because basically you can transfer her consciousness over to her avatar body permanently, which is what Jake Sully does. Um, but it's too late and she dies and her avatar. Well, I guess her avatar is in this movie in a like a tank. So who knows if it's I guess it's still alive. So you said 70-year-old James Cameron. We have 70-year-old Sigourney, Sigourney Weaver, Weaver playing 12-year-old Kiri, Kiri, who is, yes. as you just said, the they cut to a tank, the floating avatar body of grace they have preserved in this fluid, and they say, Jake Soley says, we never figured this one out. It had a baby. And you're just like, <laughs> oh, wow. That is yes. the basically the third opening line of this movie. <laughs> it's and again, maybe to be like Awa, six characters that are, we all. Yes. Yeah. It's a lot know. of world building to kind of yes. all put on you at once. And here you go. Here's but, what you've uh, missed. It's me, Jake Sully. The, mm-hmm. My theory kind of is that Awa, because she couldn't save Grace's consciousness, instead made the Avatar pregnant, giving birth to a new grace who is in, has this connection with the, the pa- planet of Pandora, even more so than normal uh, Navi uh, where she can kind of talk to she's like Awa kind of through waterbender or something. She's, she's <laughs> yeah. Avatar by the end. She's the avatar. Um, she's got the angel um, wings. She's the, you know connecting to flora in a way. It seems like other Navi visions just do not. Yeah. yeah. Visions. And she's going to be kind of the new, I think the new spiritual leader, the Moat CC pound CCH pounder in the first one mm-hmm. uh, is like the spiritual leader. And they can kind of talk to Awa and communicate with Awa. Um, so obviously the youngest Ki- child too, right? Yes. So they have Tuck, the youngest child who is just there basically to look cute and well, hold on. No, no, no. Yeah. every character basically goes Tuck, no matter what she does. That's the yes. importance of a little she sister. Is very cute. Character. Um, but yeah, Kiri, again, played by Sigourney Weaver. What do we think about this? Yeah, Mike, what did you think of this old woman playing a 12-year-old performance, right? To be fair, I didn't realize until the end credits. And I was like, huh, I barely really? watched it. I don't even wow. think I watched an entire trailer of this. Really, sure. I, I had to get you myself You couldn't tell the by theater. like her voice? Well, they pitched it up a little bit or something. I couldn't yeah. tell yeah. immediately. It was noticeable to me, but I, again, hmm. I knew that she was going to be playing that character. So maybe that colors it a little bit but now i maybe pick up on it but i think she did good i like the character i mean i think 
the performances yeah. are not the problem with this movie, but I think Sigourney Weaver playing like her daughter, kind of an interesting idea. Like I'm fine with it. Very. It's a very out there idea. And I think it kind of works. Mm-hmm. I want to harp on what Mike just said. I think it's very important. No performance is a problem in this movie for me. There yeah. are there. In no, fact, it's good. Yeah. But to what <laughs> Jacob just said, the first film is notoriously anchored by a not great it's performance, so but in this I'm watching a blue guy with the <laughs> thickest dreads I've ever seen. And I'm like, this is totally fine. And then Jacob, you also said, as we were leaving, everything that should be problematic in that movie works, including well, spider, which is a little white kid with dreads running around. And yes. I'm like, spider's great. Sp- <laughs> I so again, this is another, face, so that's yeah, yeah, important. Thing. It's another on the nose decision, but it's a very weird decision by James Cameron. We're going to have a human character who is a white guy with dreadlocks. Uh, who is basically raised by the Navi. He was left when the sky people left because you can't take babies in cryopods. No. Everyone knows that. Uh, so he was raised on the planet of Pandora and truly wants to be a Navi. Yes. Uh, but he is a human, but he tries so hard to be a Navi, which again, we're going to get into the dramatic irony of his father relationship. So we find out wow. his father, his biological father, is Stephen Lang, Quaritch, <gasps> the villain in the first but, movie. But Jacob, how is he back? Certainly five <laughs> arrows to the chest kills you in the Avatar yes. universe, right? Well, his human body did die, but we find out that before the last mission in the first movie, James Cameron they, <laughs> they put this is where it gets dicey. They make Avatar copies of all these Marines just in case they die. And then they're going to bring back their consciousness in these Avatar bodies. So we get Avatar Stephen Lang in this movie, and I think it's fucking awesome. Dude, I love Frankenstein's monster. Mike just said this is where it gets dicey. Complete opposite. Jacob, I'm with you. This is where I'm like, ooh, feed me, Daddy James. Yeah. This is they the took good the stuff. Villain, nim, 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 nim. The one-dimensional <laughs> villain of the first movie. Yes. And twisted it and made him an interesting character and gave him and, an arc with his son that's like and, so and his son, he knows he's knows he's not the original article. There's interesting yes, stuff. Yes, it's there. the human <clears throat> well, the whole dramatic irony of it is that he is a former is a marine a human marine that hates the navi and especially above all things hates jake sully mm-hmm. but he's Where now stuck in an avatar body so he's stuck in a navi body and then his son a biological human who desperately wants to be a navi so i just think there's a lot of dramatic irony in that relationship no, right? no, i just think the uh, but you didn't know that before he died we uploaded his brain and if yeah. we're looking for immortality that certainly Stretch. sounds a lot like it <laughs> Just put yourself in these big. We can cat already bodies. do it. Yeah, what's can, the uh, issue? Why do you need yeah. the whale juice? Come on. Well, you need that. But whale it is juice, a though. foil to the potential, the consciousness being linked with the the all tree or whatever, and then the falseness of digital memory implant into an avatar. It's like yes. the right. version of the the spiritual yes. version. So we have these marines stuck in these Recombats. avatar bodies that are wearing like Oakley sunglasses and stuff, which is hilarious. Now, if you Uh, were the bald guy, Jacob, and they brought you back still bald, but you had the ponytail that plugs into the tree, would you be fucking pissed? Like, grow me some hair. (laughs) Yeah. Where do the tattoos come from? They're getting tattooed as avatars. They, yeah, Why they're not? doing it as they pop out. I they know. designed all they're these like, clothes because, yeah. you know, human clothes yeah. don't fit Navi. <laughs> right. So they had to design yeah. all these military gear the, for Navi bodies. There, you get right. the idea that truly Giovanni Rabisi was like, get the 3D printer to make the T-shirts, the Oakleys, like Jacob just said, like, yeah. like make it exactly how these assholes want to dress so that they're comfortable and they just get to work. 
and, and they, they're a perversion I love, of the Navi, right? Yeah, like, I love this feeling that they're just like these fucking like like we got it in the first one that Jake was this quote unquote jarhead that was the first dreamwalker, right? The first military person, one of these fake bodies. Mm-hmm, but right. then you watch that whole movie and you're like, yeah. Send an army of these guys with guns to go kill the fucking savage, quote unquote. What's the difference? In the first one, they're like, we got these mechs. These mechs can go up against these Navi. Now they've got. Trust me. Different mechs. Yeah. Yeah. Now my head is exposed (laughs) and my whole body and everything. But trust me. That's a metaphor. Very susceptible to arrows. Yeah. And you can't breathe here and, you know, everything's difficult. But we could put you out in a cat body that has no issues and does breathe the air. (laughs) Did we mention they're 10 feet tall and have super strength? We can make infinite number of them. You put me out there. But, but it takes it's very expensive, they say in the movie, to make yes. the Avatar bodies. It takes right. a long time to make yeah, them. Sixty million dollars. It took you the whole six years or whatever to grow and to get yeah. it shipped That's out. That's the there whole too. reason why it's Jake Sully, because it was his yes. brother who's a scientist who died, blah blah blah. Yeah. The and, and the whole reason that it's Stephen Lang, because we know you'll make an incredible soldier. You've gone up this before, blah blah blah. Now yep. it sets him on this course, let alone if this is like the primary text, because I think really the text is just him and the spider stuff, Jacob. It's supposed to be this like dad and blah, blah, blah. But it basically makes him Jake solely from the first film. He goes through the eye opening moment with the doctors. He uh, rides a, a banshee, right? And, and hooks up and the does the, the challenge. He learns the yeah. language. He goes to the villages. Literally, he's going through the same arc as Jake solely. But you get these James Cameron blow your mind moments where a giant cat is holding up his dead skull incredible looking at it and you're just like the hardest shit i've ever seen crushing his own human skull but but (laughs) the bone dust was animated sublimely by the way (laughs) stephen lang a goofball let's just say before the first avatar movies most known for um manhunter jacob where he plays a greasy weirdo character actor and for um uh tombstone where he plays a greasy weirdo character actor right a cowboy and like all these bit parts and he always disappears he's a chicago theater guy who like likes to do voices and like to do this stuff the transformation to make him Colonel Hurts, like like the the most badass person possible. And then the James Cameron security to be like, well, that worked. Now let me tap into you as an actor and write you like the most soulful complex. Like, can you imagine if a Marvel villain started out with like the villain holding his own dead skull and looking at it horrified, crushing it, and then like also having to understand that he doesn't have a son but does and those complicated feelings. You just like got some memories. Amazing. The memories of Quaritch, but he's not the human Quaritch. He's a different individual, so he kind of has to come to terms with that. But he's also holding on to his old grudges with Jake but Sully. He's, but he's uh, and Natiri, especially because he yeah. knows from he his death him. moment, Finds Jacob. He has this obsession of when they find his body, his original body. He says, "Check the log. Does it does it have any files? Like any any drives?" He essentially watches the last recorded memory. Death. Of his real self. And you can almost feel him being like, and again, it's so subtle because it's the battle he has of the whole movie of if he's real or not. But from like that moment on, he's like, I am the real one because I just know everything that the real Stephen Lang knew and I'm going to change it. 
which and if I'm it was stronger, I'm better now because I'm a but, Navi. But if it yeah. was Colin 2.0, Jacob, even as a Navi, I'd be like, I got to get off this planet. That woman's <laughs> going to shoot me with an arrow. Like, there's just no chance. Yeah. Yeah. And they're coming into the against her again. Yeah. They're coming into tribal villages, fucking shit up. Uh, but yeah, like in the first movie, I thought he was, you know, obviously a very one dimensional character. He was the bad Marine, but I thought the way they portrayed Marines in Avatar one was actually really good. Like the, the Marine mentality, I've never seen it portrayed kind of that well in a movie before. And it's his line, like a, a poor VA situation more than it is of the military. Yeah. Really? We, we got like no the whole pay, hook for to do this. Jake Sully. Yeah. He wants to get his legs back. Right. Cause he's handicapped. Yeah. And that's the whole hook that Stephen Lang uses to get him to like spy for him. He's like, oh, we can get you legs back on Earth and stuff. Easy. So, yeah. But the, yeah, yeah, but, the uh, stick to itiveness, the, the, you know, keep moving forward kind of element of like military discipline and stuff like that, like that enables, yeah. even, you know, Sully to fucking stick with it and that, you know, informs his current decisions of protecting his family. Yes. Like he has a knowledge about tactics. And he yeah, runs his handy. family unit like a military as well. He's got the communicators, mm-hmm. his son, dad, his son is I mean, I'm sorry, yeah. eyes one, I'm checking in. You know, he knows that he has to reach out to his Shades father. It's like Shades their military up. names. You know, yeah. Sully, you and I are not so different, you know, yes. <laughs> will happen. It's true. Yeah. Very I much mean, so. They're very, they, they have the dads. same military background. Uh, yeah. And we see kind of Jake's melding of his, his Marine background with the Navi lifestyle of how he runs his family, you know, disagreements with Nateri about how to raise their children and stuff like that. Um, Still got it's, a gun. it's all really good stuff. Yeah. Yeah. He, but there's he's a Navi that uses the, a gun. Yeah. The parenting journey is a parallel for but Quark. I'm just going to call him Quark because it reminds me of Quark. <laughs> Quark and Sully, there's a parallel parenting kind of journey, you know, with Spider and then their kids. There's also like um, the parallel from, like you said, Jake's journey with Quark's journey. So there is some interesting things happening. Uh, I just, when I see Ray-Ban guy, like going, hell yeah, dude. Yeah, I know. It gets a little cheesy, but. It's very funny though. Or Tarzan jump onto a gun and him be like, no, 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 move over, kid. Why are they letting him run around? Oh my God, we'll get to that. There's issues with the security protocol of having Well, that's Quaritch's weakness is that he finds out that he has this human son that he kind of feels indebted to. He's like, I'll take him around uh, and try to, it seems like he's trying to show him like why they're doing the things they're doing. But of course, Spider immediately is like, no, don't like, why are you, you gotta, killing people and stuff? But then yeah. this is bad. You're never going to get me around them voluntarily. You know, you got to learn to ride these dragons. You probably couldn't do it because you're stupid. No, yes. Tell yeah. me how to do it. You know, it's like, okay, I'll tell you how to so do it. So it's a weird form of father son bonding, but also they're very different f- philosophically because Quaritch is still a bad guy. He's still trying to kill Jake Sully and every Navi that he can, if he has yeah, to. Sp- Spider gets captured and he's kind of there under duress. And it's like, he doesn't want to leave him with the scientists because they'll fry his brain in interrogation. So he's like, hey, come yeah. with me, you know, whatever. But if I was running that mission, I'm like, you, sir, are not Quarch. You are a digital reconstruction that we put in an avatar. We kind of own you, and you don't have clearance <laughs> to take this boy out we of can't. our supervision. <laughs> like, you should that would right not instead. happen. And that's where it's like, I don't <laughs> yeah. know, the narrative's starting to get a little... But that's his fatal weakness, because in the whole movie, it's like, well, does he really care about Spider? How much does he really care? And then we find out in the climax when it's not to jump ahead too far, but he, he's got a knife That's against arc. Yeah. one of the, one of the Jake Sully kids. Natiri grabs spider and has her knife to 
Spider's throat and is ready to kill Spider. And we see that Quaritch really does care about his son because he lets the other kid go. She cuts, she cuts Spider's chest because at first he's like, I don't care about that kid. He's not mine. Yeah. He cuts his chest and he's like, all right. Fuck Stop. It, you know? So let's, I want to yeah. do 45 minutes on Spider. So let's keep rolling <laughs> while we're here because yeah, I yeah, believe yeah. he is our self-proclaimed favorite character. Now, uh, he's a little kid who's covered in blue paint who says, it makes me move faster. We I'm got faster the whole blue Sonic. I love it. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> he's got the dread spike. Mm-hmm. We got the whole backstory. Knuckles. It's the brilliant line. It is just, I mean, it's James Cameron's best of kids can't go in cryo sleep, asshole. I mean, it just, <laughs> we were like, they set up the whole thing of it takes you five years. It's been five years, nine months, 34 days. That's the first lines of the first movie, right? You go, you can't put a fucking baby in one of those things. Do they grow that whole time? Like, like what? Like, right. it just comes back. It's been five years. They're still a newborn. Like, what the fuck would occur? You get this kid who's running around. I was pretty worried about the breath pack the whole time i think they kind of need to do away with that because i didn't want to keep thinking of like is there going to be a moment where the kid starts getting suffocated because of the environment or like vice versa but they never really went that way but they would constantly be making you nervous about him using the air pack they set up right. yeah, bring your spare that doesn't really pay off but you would think i kept no. thinking it's gonna happen he's gonna be out. i'll track long. you by that thing he kept saying too mm-hmm but, you know, it's not airtight. Yeah, but Spider, he's a great character. I Spider's think. an he's amazing a, character, but it, the way they use him is makes me not like the plot. Like the way that in really? climax, he's allowed just to run around on the bridge and sure. fuck shit up. Why would you not have three guys with guns on him or chained up? Yeah. Like he's the enemy. I don't care. What well, Quartz again, says. I just think that's uh, the kid they, is driving. They shouldn't the, let the boat. do that. <laughs> He gets to stand this close to that guy and just be like, so what is this thing? <laughs> I'd be like, get away but from him. Doesn't the have, uh, yeah. like, seniority over everyone else? Sure. I don't think he... I don't think does an sure. avatar, does a, yeah, a slave not him. soldier a that we made? Yeah. Construct. I guess. Yeah, yeah. I guess. That, um, the, the, the balance that I love of Spider, of, to go back to the Natiri stuff, of Natiri hates Spider. She thinks he is disgusting in the same way she her sees father him only as a thought. human. Yeah. Jake yeah. Sully, He'll but never the, be a Navi. Jake Sully's a dreamwalker. That's disgusting. But in this arc that they have of like, hey, I got five fucking fingers just like this idiot little, you know, monkey boy does, like cut him a break, to when he is on the boat at the mm. end, and he has gotten away, Mike, and he's kind of running around before the big climax, and he sees Natiri doing the savage killing where she has the knife. And she mm-hmm. is ripping humans apart. And Bloodless. he has the moment where he could reveal himself to be like, it's me. Let's go get your daughter. And instead, what Spider does is hide because yeah, he's I afraid. Think what he they're sees... trying to showcase is that, Jacob, these things are 10 feet tall monsters of what his dad has been saying. They are savages, right? Which it's the first time his world has ever opened up in that way. All he has ever wanted is to be these things. And he finds out Natiri did kill his father, which he didn't know about before that. Um, I think they may be setting up a heel turn from Spider in the next movie or a Ben Solo type of evolution for Quaritch, where he kind of comes to Jesus moment and becomes more of a good character or realizes what he's doing is bad. 
they're going to go one of those two maybe. ways. I think. Yeah. The spider's going to have to do the, like, he didn't tell him that he saved Corch. So that's going to be a whole conversation. Right. You but know? I think in the next yeah. movie, it is going to be a thing with like spider versus the Navi children where it's like, he's not a true Navi and it's going to no. cause some drama. I I, think. But, but Jacob, mm-hmm. I think the big drama there will be, of course we have our new love story, which is him and Kiri. I think yes. that, and again, it's Definitely so weird. I cannot that. imagine fucking 19 year old Jack champion having to do embrace scenes with 70 year olds. <laughs> Courtney Weaver pretending to Don't be worry a about 12 it. year old. It's like, Oh my God. You but get a body double and do the facial capture. You just let her sit in a chair, you know? <laughs> then again, what do you pay? <laughs> that seems to me like maybe we don't have Sigourney. If you can't ask it in 20 words or less, don't ask it. We're shooting this scene. <laughs> yeah, he, he screams that back at me. And nails yeah. your phone to the wall. Um, how yeah, dare exactly. you question, JC? Yeah. Um, yeah. um, <laughs> but I think there is hints of a relationship between yes. Spider and Kiri. Um, so it'll be this Natiri not accepting this human boy, right? You cannot which is, never be part of our she child, lost which is yeah. And the ironic thing of Natiri yes. is that she she hates Spider because of who he is. Yet she, of course, bonded and married with married to a Jake Sully, who was a former human in a Navi body. So how is he really different from Spider? Her very mate. Yeah. yeah. So she's um, question so Taruk Mato himself. Taruk Mato. But yeah. Um, we see even the kids of Sully getting bullied by the water Navi because they have multiple fingers. So all that, it's like our kids are yes, kind of yeah. outcast. So for you to yes. hold spider on a different... Because if you are the child of an avatar, you are born with four fingers instead of three fingers. You have or five, five, including the thumb instead of four. They don't count the thumb on this planet. Yeah. It's a yeah. <laughs> Mike, perfect division moment. So let's just mm-hmm. say everything I just said, the spider getting stolen, um, the Quaritch stuff, looking at your body, the kids sort of exploring the outside world and Jake Soley running missions to fight back against a human um, new settlement with a uh, Navi resistance. That is what I want to call movie one, which Mm -hmm. is the first hour of this film. Yeah. I'm not, I can't fully quantify if there's three. I don't know if this is just a separate one and that each hour is a different one. I don't know. Yeah. It's really split into three hours where the first hour is all the stuff we've been talking about. The second hour is them going to the water tribe, doing a bunch of water stuff. And that's really fun. It's a documentary format. Yeah. And then the third hour is basically one long action set piece taking place around a sinking ship. But to me, that's the wrap up of that set. So that just because because it's it doesn't stand alone. It's just it's like you said, it's just one long action scene where you're like, really, the whole hour is going to be the wrap. I thought it was great, though. That's interesting. That's an interesting ramp up. Let's stay here with the kids. This sort of the the we so concept. Yeah. But a concept that is totally alien to Natiri. Think about this. This there you cannot leave your village in Navi culture. There is no moving. You do not just abandon everything you have to go learn to be, you know, you were a tailor, now go sell cell phones. That's not right. how the world works. It would be like an Apache going to join yes. the, the Sioux or something. And samurai. Like yeah, yeah, <laughs> just, yeah. Just go even better. Just go Lowry. figure it out. And you're like, I right. but culturally, what do I do? So 
you literally get Jake Sully being like, I blew it. I don't understand why I was fighting back against these humans. They're after me. Well, Just they're being me, yeah. I guess. Quaritch uh, has a vendetta against Jake Sully, so they're hunting him down. He's the leader of the insurgency, I guess. And they think if they, you know, they kill the figurehead, it'll obviously morale will go down. In terms We're on of the land. Back. We yeah. got to get out of here. They go and join a new tribe. And and this this second movie shifts from Jake Sully being our lead actor to I would say the youngest one, whose name is I believe you said Luca Loak. Oh, no, he's the, son. the second yeah. son. Yeah, the, I would say Loak becomes our lead character now with Kiri a little bit. And it said becomes the children's journey of how do we accept not only our new environment, but also I have a new girlfriend who's the princess of this tribe. I also have the, (laughs) certainly not in the first film. I have uh, a whale best friend and yes, he is going to get a backstory and you will be seeing his flashbacks and he will get character development. He feels like the, the black sheep of the family, the outcast of the family. And I would say, you know, the first avatar, Jake Sully and Atiri, they're the main characters. I would agree. Loak, Kiri, and Spider are probably the three main characters. Each of these kids is kind of, of going the through their own second arc. film inside Way of the Water. Right, right. So technically yeah. what I will call the third Avatar movie. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. The the older brother, he's less of a character. He's not a real character. You said his name. That's it's impossible to even knew it. No, no. Yeah. No. <laughs> but Loak you know, is trying to live up to him, trying to live up to his dad. Uh and kind of rebelling against his the family order and kind of getting yelled at by his dad a lot because he's rebelling and uh things aren't so great but he of course goes out you know he meets that whale like you said which is a whale that's outcast from the main whale pod yeah uh his name is uh, Payakon. yeah Payakon, they are tool coon right tool coon yeah damn impressive (laughs) and they are sentient whales that can talk and can communicate with the yes, Navi. They can they make are. symphonies. She so imposed a thing. symphony. You can. She doesn't have fingers my to play instruments, is, but she's great composer. My soul sister composed many symphonies. Mike, that moment, I almost started crying. I was laughing so hard. Um, here's the thing. You, it's a lot like, we all have not seen that Black Panther movie. It seems a lot like that Black Panther movie. Or that Black Panther movie is a lot like this movie. Yes. But where they start saying like Tulkun, Tolkan, or whatever that underwater city is, there's a lot of, um, all of a sudden they all start communicating through sign language underwater, Well, that's the the water tribe has. Which is cool. Part of the second movie of this is the the Jake Sully family trying to fit in with this new tribe. We see their bodies are different. They can't hold their breath as long underwater. They have to train. They have to learn this sign language that they use underwater to communicate. Um, Their tails aren't, you know, like the water tails. Their arms are thin because they're swinging from trees, not swimming in the water. Um, so they're getting used to it. They have to learn how to ride the water mounts and stuff. And, and all again, that stuff conceptually, I thought was, was great. Yeah. Amazing. Looked amazing. Again, the water effects, like you're saying. And to like Cliff Curtis calls out, he says, they are babies. You know, again, culturally, they all Which have what no said standing for this. So like, what, why would we do this? Yes, he's useless. Again, <laughs> human becoming a Navi. Now we have Navi yes. becoming Navi. We're doing some of the yes. same beats with the next generation, I guess. But yeah, uh, he is rebelling. Um, 
low, low blow, low, act. He's, he, low act. He's rebelling, uh, but he has like good instincts, but he goes against the, the standard order. You know what I mean? And he, they're not made to feel welcome with the water. Navi he's getting initially. bullied by yeah, the so son like, of the tribe. Leader. Uh, yeah. you think, he's getting bullied, murdered. You think you swim with a solo tolkoon? No tolkoon goes by itself. <laughs> oh, there he is. That's, That's the, the solo tokun, Poka. Well, he had a name. So, yes, you did know that one of them swam by itself. Mm-hmm. What are you talking about? Yes, they but, uh, leave the Ometakaya tribe to join the... Mekaina tribe, in case you're wow. Ah, yes, yeah. yes. Oh, that's right, because it said it in the uh, papyrus font. That's right on on screen. That's right. That's Every right. Every time it popped up, I'm like, the balls of James Cameron. <laughs> Leave it. <laughs> he used it in the first movie. He's going to keep using Every it. Every time care. it popped up, Mike, I thought it would do that thing movies kind of do, where it would pop up in another language, and then the letters kind of like turn to English, where you, and then just it's like, papyrus. this is where it really is. But it's like, just but papyrus. also just the balls of him to be like, no. I'm telling you, it's a location and a tribe on Avatar. You've never seen these. These words mean nothing to you. But guess what? Three it Brothers is Rock or whatever. Yeah. yeah, yeah. You're like, three, it's like, what, what does Three Brothers Rock mean to me? Just because later he's going to say, it's over at Three Brothers Rock. But I mean, in the first movie, we <laughs> had the Hallelujah Mountain. Yes, and the Hallelujah I love the world building where he's just world. expanding the world. It's amazing. Of- and compared to like Star Wars, where like every planet on Star Wars is like a one biome planet. You yes. got your sand planet, you got your forest planet, you got your water planet. It, Pandora is just like Earth. It's got other biomes and other ways Jacob, to live, right? to mm-hmm. that point you just said, if in the fucking Star Wars cantina, if the Jawas we knew came in that were sandy, perfect. And then two others came in in blue robes that were water water was like coming out of the robes like they're like wet or something i would be like bull like i would be so fucking mad about that right in the james cameron world you're like oh the sign like it's all there he's thinking about every aspect if you remember in the first avatar when they're gathering all the tribes they go to the plains tribes and talk to them and all that stuff so there we see that there are other tribes that live differently than how the woods navi live they band together Uh, and they're consider he's considering like selective um like mutations of you know, like nature, you know, that's why they have right. bigger hands, easier. Like he, he's thinking about right. this stuff, like this very heady, you know, nature nerd shit. And he's including that, which I can appreciate. Well, you can. Yeah. And he's kind of even, you know, race as we know it on Earth. A lot of the physical differences were evolutionary in that people from hotter climates have darker skin naturally to Taller, protect thinner. themselves from the sun and stuff like that. So then, that's how we got these this identity of, of different races on earth. Right. 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 So it's the same thing with the Navi, just kind of even more biologically different in terms of the way their tails and and arms are. I I would like to, I would like to, (laughs) I would like to see a third film or a fourth or a fifth or a sixth or seventh have a Navi antagonist who is sort of, I'm not saying it has to be race-based, but some sort of like our tribe is superior. We're at war with all the other tribes. Because it seems like there is... uh, Mike? Because it seems like there's no concept for that in Avatar, in James Cameron's Pandora. Well, it seems before the the sky people came, everyone was just getting along on Pandora. It's just the eco, because we all... But again, if God... 
if you could point to me and be like, God is that tree, I think we would probably have peace on this earth if I could poke my finger right. at it. And the tree was like, it is me. I am God. Well, that's what's funny when they're talking about yeah. Kiri and they're just like, oh, she's she has epilepsy. That's why she's having these religious uh, delusions. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, delusions? This is the planet where people can literally yeah. communicate with God. Why don't about? you believe her? Yeah. We literally but, have visions. We plug into animals on purpose to, to yeah, like right. get their perspective. <laughs> we can plug our we can plug our ponytail into the tree. Ultimate and empathy memories. and yeah. I suppose they would maybe ally themselves with the human faction. They'd be like, oh, "Well, we'll hook you up. You know, you want you want that land over there that's got good shit. We'll take it over for you if you work with us." Other now, yeah. yeah. Well, that's, that's like the interesting. Where the humans, I, I would I would like to see some. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The yeah. humans hire a more warlike tribe to fight against Navi. That could be an interesting angle to for sure that their interest but for this one we now have you know we're gaining the trust of the water tribe and uh we meet the whales that come migrating and that's you know th- there's a strong bond between the migrating whales and we meet a mother whale and the cat soul sister and, you know yeah the soul sister they can literally things. talk to each other yeah yeah uh-huh. how's your baby which how they subtitle it because they, the navi just know the imagine. whale language yeah which is so, you know, just imagine cool. <laughs> But yeah, that papyrus um, subtitle going in, and they made us watch the Ryan Gosling sketch before the, the movie. They played that where he's like, <laughs> "They did, Iris, yeah." Because there's Alamondra. What? They played a lot of that's amazing. Stuff. So anyway, um, that is a funny sketch, and then that kind of sets up this big, kind of the biggest, second biggest emotional beat, or first, depending on where where you land. It's like Jacob said, you know, this is leading into that big third act as we kind of head to the finish line. Uh, yeah. the whaling company and um you know like they yes. say they're getting brain juice because it gives you immortality <laughs> no whale has ever committed a, a crime of passion nor an act of uh, anger and uh, that makes back. them easy targets they'll never mm-hmm. fight back so we've Except. got jermaine clements one of the flight of the concords doing an american right. accent Randomly meanwhile the other guy gets up. to be australian so i don't yeah, know why he couldn't so why... be a new zealander <laughs> very good question um yeah we get the captain sympathetic i'm not that familiar with the the captain actor but uh yeah we get this whaling ship uh quaritch and his gang are kind of hopping hopping a ride on uh this whaling ship to attack the to go into the sea villages there's a bunch of villages on these islands and look for jake sully because they know he's in there somewhere and they're using whales to draw them out because they know if they you know, kill some innocent whales. It'll draw out the Navi and they can fight Jake Sully. Right. You know, I've got quotas. We got to get some of these whales. I've got quotas. That's right. I'm having brain juice. <laughs> so we, we encounter kind of the same pot of whales from the village, at which point, of course, they single out the mother, the soul sister with the calf because it will swim slower to not leave the calf. And unfortunately it's, it's horrific. And the method with the, the balloons and stuff, like it's really imaginative, but it's, it's fucking yeah. really sad. It's, it's pretty grim. That. And then they, you know, take the brain juice out or whatever. And then even spiders like, so that's it. You're just going to throw the rest of the entire carcass away. You're not going to use every part of it. Like the Navi do. Um, mm-hmm. And that's just another, obviously very unsubtle commentary on, Hmm humans uh and you know whaling in the environment and you, natural yeah. resources do you guys remember in the you know? 2000s well yeah there was kind of that theory uh and truly it made its way to movies in deep blue sea this is the premise of it but that brains of sharks do not age that sharks do not age in general so their brains don't age and they will not 
suffered dementia, stuff like that. Right. People did a lot of research. Mm. It's now been debunked, but it's one of those things where I'm like, is that <laughs> Jim Cameron just like still think this? <laughs> well, isn't it like alligators don't yeah. like alligators will live forever unless something kills them. A lobster, like they don't die a lobster, of old age. A lobster's body will never degenerate. Yeah. Right. They'll just keep going. Um, so there could be uses for humans to, you know, slow down aging or whatever. This whale juice completely stops human aging, as they say. So it's the, now the most valuable resource in the world, even more valuable than, be worth than, more than 80 million though. Yeah. 80 million. And more like avatars. 80 billion. Yeah. 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 <laughs> so, but, but Jacob, I'm seeing a lot of people, I think kind of get mixed up here where they, I've seen reviewers go like way of the water's bad. James Cameron, he gets wrapped up in his same stuff. He trades out unobtainium for whale juice. And, and it has I, a name, but I won't ever remember. I, who, who, my chrono brain. I don't even know knows. the name. Yeah. But I disagree with that because I think they're conflating of Edie Falco is not saying that they came to this planet for the whale juice. They are coming to That's Pandora to take yeah. it over. I yeah. I think people are mixed up going like, oh, and then so in the third one, they'll use the whale juice. This is this is just for the plot. Jacob just said of yeah. drawing these people out. It is more that Quaritch hops on this expedition of a totally separate thing that is also a violent crime against nature because there are, as James Cameron's again, kind of fumbly trying to say. We're not just exploiting one resource. It's like the, no. the whole point of humanity come, is like, yes, yeah. it's like we attack They're every everything. angle. We, yes. We it all up. And we learned that yes. our, our telecom or whatever, our killer whale, he at one point had led. Iacon. A, 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 thank you. Yeah. Rebellion. Um, and he was got like, his fuck fellow this. whales killed. He lost a yes. pin. And then, so that's Which why, is why he he's an outcast. Because, because, show yeah. me. Show me your memories, Mike Coon. Yeah, because they blame him or he's responsible he, for those deaths. And, and he chose if a whale violence. kills another whale. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, so, yeah, the whale juice is very much a side venture of the humans. Yeah, they are trying everybody to. Everybody who's worried about that, don't worry yeah. about the whale juice. It's the thing like, is, unobtainium is still probably a thing they're mining. Yes. It's just not important to this movie. I have a whale so juice theory for the wrap up. We'll put a pin oh, okay. in that. We'll put a pin in that with a little um, tracker. So we won't forget it. But the yeah. plan works essentially because plan at that works. point, that's that's the the queen's yes. you know, soul sister. Sister whale, yes. Sister whale. And it's like <laughs> all bets are off. Jake Sully, like, fuck, you brought this shit on us, but now all bets are off. We're going. We're going. And of course of they do exactly family. what Quarch is expecting uh-huh. and they go confront right. him. Um and this of course the they've ending. also Yes, they've kidnapped several of Jake Sully's children and also the daughter of the chieftain and, and Kate Winslet. Um, so they've got a couple of the children captured. They're using them as hostages. And he says, you know, send Jake Sully in alone. Of course, he's going to do it. Uh, and then there's a big action scene and they fuck up this whole whaling boat in a very uh, satisfying way, I think. There's an action uh, scene that precedes the children being uncuffed, recuffed, uncuffed, <laughs> yes. recuffed. Oh, I'm always tied, tied up. up again. <laughs> the little yes. girl has to call it out. You want you want to say by the second time, Dames, you know how to make these movies. You know that the stakes wouldn't make sense to keep reintroducing your characters to danger. It has to be organic. You cannot just this this force. Well, it's almost push. like they yeah. needed tu- they needed something for Tuck. Like she's in the middle of all this action. Let's keep her tied up so that she, 
You know, we know what's I, going on. We yes. know where she is. There's a lot of people are obviously making the comparison to Leonardo DiCaprio handcuffed in the Titanic with the water coming in. It seems like James very much had that idea. Yes. I would argue more either one of the five story people or one of the three credited screenwriters who are not James Cameron first came to the conclusion of the scene where the children are explained the way of water is so important and so powerful that it's the, the, the moral and peak of the second act or the second Mm -hmm. film, right? Is these kids doing this, that how incredible will it be when we get to the end of the third act a disaster is happening in two different areas, and both the kids have to say to their parents, here's this new culture we've learned. We have fit in. Father, here is the way of water. And they sum yes. up the whole movie in this incredible speech, right, where literally you're like, this is why James Cameron made this movie, is this kid saying, we're all water. When you die, you're water. When you're born, you're water. Protection. Breathe. I love you. And I'm sitting there as a viewer going like, and Jake Sully will die. Yeah. James Cameron is making the choice here to fix the problem of the first film, which is that he got saddled with a lead actor that nobody likes. That's totally fine. And he will make the right choice here to kill Jake Sully. And I got to say, guys, I was fucking shocked that I was wrong. Yeah. 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 Well, it's it's, you know, Jake Sully doesn't die, obviously, but it's the eldest son that dies instead. Right. And um, Jacob getting up, running to the bathroom as fast as he <laughs> right, can. Right. <laughs> yes. Wanna, Not important. I'll skip this no, scene. No, yeah. you're, Cause you're going to go see Mateo. Um, yeah. I want to piggyback off a concept. Cause we yeah. kind of mentioned this at the top. It's about the familial bonds and like, you can learn from your children too. You don't just have to yes. think that you're right all the time. And even the, the old heads who said, that's just a killer whale. I don't want to hear it. Well, you were wrong and he saves the day and you should have listened to your kid on that. That's you know? right. So that's right. This and, message of pay attention to the youth because they're learning shit that you're yes. not and you don't have all the answers, you know, Which and I that's really the core of this movie. If you pare it down to just the very basic core, it is, I think, Jake Sully's relationship with Loak, the second son who mm-hmm. he doesn't understand, like Nateam is like perfect. And he's going to be this, you know, great warrior when he grows up and stuff. He does everything right. Then you have the second son who has to just live in his shadow constantly and wants to impress his dad, but manages to just fuck it up every time. Uh, and it's about their relationship. And Jake Sully being at the end, I see you. That was a very emotional moment for That's, me where he's like oh, finally boy. sees his son. Yeah. Like, yeah. N- not to be the most basic bitch, but it truly mm-hmm. is like when you are a parent and you're like, fuck, I taught my kids something. That's incredible. And it's that basic thing of being like, I potty train my kids. Fucking two days later, he's coming in saying, Daddy, I used the pot. And you're like, fuck, we did this thing together. This, the future, it's happening. But again, that's something dads get at that level. James Cameron's kids are like in their 20s. And he's like, you know what? Having kids, being a dad, this is crazy. And you're like, yeah, you've been a dad for like two decades now. Right. It took probably a near-death experience to see his son for the first time. Yeah, yeah. Well, yeah, he was never drowning with his son. He should have taken his kid to the bottom of the trench, Mike. (laughs) Yeah, really. Hop in. If this thing wasn't a one-seater, I would have brought you around more often. You know, I'm sorry. They only make them at one-seater. Well, maybe it is, yeah, him Uh, trying to make up for for lost time with, with his kids i I don't know his 
relationship with but no, not great. <laughs> but but that being said, the, the story of yeah. the the movie, right? It that that works. Yeah. The emotional core. It's so powerful. Where the details get iffy, and that's I have some issues with the final battle. Again, the emotional core yes. is great. You know, sure. and also slap bracelet handcuffs, sick. <laughs> Great vision. Yeah. Well, yes. Um, the, a film we talked about earlier this year, Thor Love and Thunder, is about generations rising up and literally him passing on, you know, what is it going to be like for our kids this world? Mm-hmm. I liked that message. I think that is absolutely fumbled in the presentation of that film. Mm-hmm. This, I am truly like, when he says solely stick together at the end, I'm like, Solely stick together. Like, I'm like, yeah, like yeah. whispering it to myself, like, yeah, absolutely. Goonies never yeah. say die. Um, <laughs> they had to escape a flood too, you know. Um, yeah. But with this thing here, we have all of the the water navi and you know our main Sully crew, and and whales, and we're yes. fucking up the humans. But then by the time the eclipse hits, all the other water navi and whales are like, "Our ah, job's done here. Fuck it." They do kind Why of disappear. Have, yeah. Th- so that stuff fire everywhere. That's maybe the biggest plot hole that I yes. have with this movie where it's like, yeah, they just kind of disappear at it's some point. It just sequence. becomes the Sully family. It just makes yeah. no sense. Yeah. But you could have had all the water navi get you the fuck out of there. They're masters of the ocean. They would have just swam under there and pulled your ass out. None of that tension is all artificial. Very expensive actors to do it. And the thing is, you, you know, this them. is I think that's something that just got lost in editing where it's like it's a three plus hour movie. It's going to be a little messy at times. And I think it is a little like structurally a little messy at times. I can, yeah. I can admit to that issues here and there, but in yeah, a vacuum. Yeah. The whole, but I love the scene when uh, drowning, but go ahead. Yeah. Yeah. Well, we have Jake Sully trapped in the boat, kind of very reminiscent again of Titanic. Uh, and we have Loak who's kind of learned the waterways to save him. Um, I also want to mention that Pyacon, when he's, when he, attacks that boat and kills the uh whaling captain which is which mm-hmm. is colin and i's like laugh out yes. loud moment <laughs> and our audience went crazy oh, the 3d arm flipping. yeah his arm yeah. flies off and <laughs> if you think Pyacon about it die in Pyacon, that final battle like, no i think he, he, he saves lives sully. yeah okay. he saves sully um Pyacon, if oh, you they remember, do rise lost up that's right yes. Pyacon lost a fin he gets oh, the captain so back the and arm. cuts his arm off yeah and it's retribution for losing oh my god Maybe about a genius. That. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I doubted <laughs> it might you, be. That's right. Who's harpooning who now? As, who Jim, as Jermaine Clement yeah. says. Yeah, that's right. I have, man. That whole thing, too, that it's like that guy's just like, yeah, these guys are fuckers. I hate these guys. <laughs> hey, spider. These guys are bad, huh? It's like, well, well, he's the scientist. He's like Grace in the first movie. It They're kind of begrudgingly working with yeah. the Marines, but it's you know science versus military they're not going to get along and he knows what they're doing is bad like whaling is bad whaling's bad on earth too (laughs) yeah yes it pays for all of strong enough character to stop it yeah Mm -hmm. very interesting scientist character who doesn't really get much to do or really any payoff but you know whatever i assume he that makes him interesting (laughs) (laughs) yeah (laughs) well Mm. but that's like that's the gist though right i mean some some like the fight scene and like oh hey why don't we settle this another time i'll let your kid go and then like nah, fuck yes. it, we'll do it now like that knife like some of that those action scenes and again um uh what's the wife's name natiri 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 yeah she is crazy in that feral yes. state yeah like, bloodlust after the loss of her son it's nuts and it's like 
Well, it's she's awesome. already lost a son. Yeah, she doesn't want to lose another child. So and she doesn't see yeah. Spider as her child. So we get that standoff with Quaritch where they each have one of their Spider? children. <laughs> He's like a stray cat. Always around. Me and my family. We're... Oh, hold on. Sorry, I got stuck in a Jake Sully monologue. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but um, I think that final hour, the yes. action, the visuals, first of all, are incredible. It's like... You know, really nothing that we've ever seen before, even to Avatar 1, a huge step up in visuals, the choreography of the action, like all the, just Navi fucking up humans. Like it's so you satisfying. You never lose the sense of scale, Jacob, the, yeah. the Navi and the human. That's what every really time makes they it so arrow, fascinating. Fucking yeah. right in the heart. Like, it's like a javelin, uh, so satisfying. Yeah. yeah. Wild. It's <laughs> like, yeah, imagine a spear this big hitting your right. fucking head. Truly, it would yeah. just like split your skull open. Which is and, in the scope of this saying like, oh, the plot is for baby children. But then the end act is like fire and knife fights and like yes. this crazy revenge state murdering humans. And, like, who who like, is this for? And a kid yeah. giving a very heartfelt speech to his father. And then the final payoff, of course, you get this. You get You get the moment where you're like you fucking suck James Cameron. Cause it does seem like Mike, he's going like, well, goodbye water tribe on to volcano tribe, you know, being a Navi, it's hard. Cause we're going to have to dig in the city. You're like, no, no, no. And he says to Cliff Curtis, you know, we'll get out of here. And they say, no, you are part of this tribe. Now yeah. the war has come Kaina to us. Mm-hmm. I lose a little of it at the end, Jacob scale wise, where I'm like, so what again was the point of all this? You got the guy who was hunting you off your back. That's, of course, not going to stop the Earthers from colonizing the planet. You've stopped no. your one-on-one guerrilla skirmishes. So it seems like there's sort of like a tete-a-tete, but like obviously tensions are high. Like It feels like yeah. the war has completely disappeared by the final act, and it is just the personal showdown. Stakes-wise, well, I love that. But it, it it makes it feel very Empire Strikes Back or middle movie of like, well, haha, here we go again. But the big war sure is coming up down the road. Totally. I yes. think that's yes. that, it, that is how it is. Where coffee it's, cup and a robot just planning the rest yeah. of the war. <laughs> the humans are still there. Like they've won a small victory in a battle, yeah. but they haven't won the war. Like the war is still going to be ongoing. And that's why there's going to yes. be five more Avatar movies. But um, but you didn't even stop the threat to your family. You did. You don't know that because I think Quaritch is dead or they might. Do they know Quaritch is still alive? They think he's dead. But of course, my feeling is sort of what you hinted before. I think the third film is all about him being like, you know, where where is my place in the world and the the weird Quaritch of it all. So Mm -hmm. they have eliminated that. But again, not really. But and then it's like. Well, you stopped a whaling excursion. Did this stop all the whales from getting fucked with? Well, I know, but does, the whole I don't scale have of the states, yeah, the scale of the human invasion is so large that like it's they're trying, so they're an insurgency, and they're trying to fight back. But it's when like, yeah, yeah. When you talk about scale, they show the humans unloading, and then the power suits unloading, and then gigantic yeah. bulldozers that are larger right. still than the power suits. These it's robots like, can build a building in three days, and you're like, and I oh did, my God. I yeah. did like some of the new human stuff, like the crab walker things. Those were so cool. Yeah. <laughs> Every time those shot into the water, awesome. Yeah, yeah. The, yeah, the, the new mech that Edie Falco has, which is just like a hand suit that the hands do just whatever like your hands do. Yeah. yeah. They're trying, they're adapting and trying new things against the Navi. 
um, yeah. because they ultimately want to take over the entire planet. I forgot. And how is that going to happen? Boxing that fucking thing in the her exoskeleton. <laughs> yeah. But doesn't it like, you know, that like, is there something in the first one where they say like, it has to be the Navi because of this? Cause it's like, there are so many other invasive species or deadly predators. Isn't the next one, aren't they, isn't Giovanni Rabisi just going to be like the dire wolves that were, you know, the big creatures in the first one. We mixed their DNA with the Marines and the Navi and Dang, the fucking werewolf skitter Navi scatter avatar. fly. Yeah. Yeah. yeah he's like, oh, shit. He's like monster tar. The Banshee what? avatar. You know, you're a dragon. Yeah. yeah. That could be. Those could be ideas. But I mean, obviously it is a parable for the expansion into like the Americas of, you know, yes. from people from Europe coming in, making deals with the native people. General, but yeah, well, it's not yeah. really. I mean, there wasn't anybody here on this continent. Thank God. No, no. Till Columbus. Found <laughs> no, it, no. You know? Yeah. Yeah. yeah that's right. Of course. He discovered it. Totally yeah. empty. Right. <laughs> um, Columbus. But yeah, how do you think Navi this Navi. ends? I mean, uh, where are we going to live peacefully with the Navi? The, the big questions it seems like are um, the state of the Soli family. What's going to happen with them? Are they going to stay in this new tribe? Are they going to be able to return to their own? What's going to happen with the earth experience here? What is the big questions for Kiri? Are we going to sort of get an answer for her origin and what does it mean to the greater mythos of the Navi? And um, of course the Quaritch stuff where, where yeah. will this, displaced avatar find his place in the world and all those mysteries and spider and the our kids. favorite character and spider and the kids at all these mysteries um i the big one to me is the theory because i guess i would like to see it go unexpected ways if it is just e-way i don't understand what the big shock about that is or what radical fallout that would have for their culture if she's sort of just reincarnating herself or if Iwe made a mistake of oh you meant pass her consciousness I thought you meant put her consciousness in in a egg inside her body and then I would fertilize that and you know whatever, right whatever. but it maybe Kiri is like literally Awa because we see that she yes. can kind of control the control nature to the degree she that even the spiritual underwater. leaders can't yeah. yes yeah. Very much so. But is there – but there's – so the, the, the Darth Vader-style father twist has been used for Spider. Is mm. there anything sinister we could go with, Kiri? Is there a devil of the the Navi culture, an opposite of Iwa who could They're sort of the fire have, tree. Maybe. Yeah. yeah, the virus in the system who got – you know, I, I, I just don't understand, I guess – it's it's really fascinating. I don't understand why he's asking these questions without giving the answer because the question isn't that fascinating. It's just interesting. Kitty Pell. No, yeah, it's Does kind of. Sense? I kind of know what he's where he's going with it, unless he goes in a totally unexpected direction. That's what I'm worried about. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> or maybe I'm not. Is, I don't know. Yeah, it is kind of leaving threads open for Avatar Three. Yes, um, which I'm glad because you know there, you got to have story beats to kind of continue. And here's what he said. Originally, five film arc. Okay. Now he says he wants to do seven. I don't know if I believe that. But let's say he gets to do the five. He has said, if this one doesn't do well, three is 90% shot and like yeah. edited and complete and done or whatever. It could, it's made in a way that can, it can be the conclusion if it needs he to be. He could just right? let this be a trilogy. So even right. him saying that makes me think like, 
you could be right, Jacob. We could be seeing the end of the Soli saga here as we know it, and then it would expand out to a bigger familial world. Yeah, mm-hmm. and to a certain degree, some of these were shot at the same time, like the Lord of the Rings, at least yeah. like three. And uh, which he's very inspired by, and why he shot in New Zealand, he said. Yes. Mm-hmm. And I know like three, he said like, you know, he has a nine hour cut of three that he wants to animate the whole thing before editing. Uh, mm-hmm. He said four, he sent his, his treat, his story treatment of four to the studio and they gave him zero notes. They only said, holy fuck. That was a quote from him. Yeah. So <laughs> that, that just you know, adds to my, God. wow. Uh, theory. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But it is, it is sort of a George R. R. Martin situation where it's yeah. like, let's see how many you get through for the rest of your life. You know, <laughs> don't yeah, over. Yeah. We're all proud of you. Everybody's liking this. Let's keep this energy going, but I'm like, very let's impress sir. Yeah. 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 But, but um, let's don't over under promise. Yeah, exactly. Let's, let's yeah. put some hard guidelines. I don't think humility is something James Cameron is familiar with. He seems to just <laughs> no. be this shit is going to blow your mind. Fuck you. Instead of like, I went to painstaking detail to bring you an experience like none other. I sure hope you enjoyed. He's like, nah, this thing's crazy. If you don't like it, fuck yeah. off. Right. <laughs> but uh, but I kind of like that attitude. I know some people it might, you know, it might bother them or hit them the wrong way. But There's for me, it's like confidence that he has. I now. Yeah, I admire the confidence. I admire. And like this, this is a man that's bet on himself so many times in one that he really probably <laughs> thinks he can do no wrong, you know? Well, there's two <laughs> that sides is incredible. To that. One of them used to make shoes and rap music uh, where it went a lot darker. But to accomplish something like this, I think you need to have that belief in yourself to even get to the point where you think you can pull it off and actually have the guts to go for it. So, you know, respect, you know, on that. For yeah. You. Yeah. Um, and this is uh, the end of hour two. Of our, right. our so, podcast. let's keep so it going. Now we, the the wrap no, now we do the hour on spider. Yes. Now it's an hour of action where we're fighting each other. Yeah, <laughs> over whether this is good or not. Find out uh, our right. final thoughts right after this. We're back. We're talking the end of Avatar here, and we've been laughing. I'm not going to say anybody here regrets seeing this movie that we saw or said it was bad. Um, again, we saw it in theaters. Have theaters returned? Uh, is this the savior? Mike talked a little bit about the uh, foreign opening. This is, again, one of the first films that will open in China in, I believe, since COVID, right? So, mm-hmm. and Of course, they have their zero COVID uh, mandates where uh, they've basically been in lockdown for the last several years right. they're starting to roll that back due to some protests but yeah right the theater yeah, going no populace is not really in full force let's say no. for our purposes but you know is is this box office going to be enough to keep this going i would say regardless of that it seems like goodwill um, I don't know that if Wednesday, you know, one of the past episodes we've talked about, which seemed like it absorbed the culture for a minute, had come out at the same time as Avatar, if that would have happened. I, I feel like Avatar is now siphoning off some energy and it's maybe going to be the thing we all kind of discuss for a minute. I haven't seen breakout memes and stuff of like, 
yo, I'm naming my kid Spider. What are, what are we doing here or anything yeah, like brother. that? But I, I hope we get there. I think um, it also it should be highlighted that kind of what we have coming out, like from now until February, there ain't shit. So yeah. This has got a long time just to crush. Well, and I think it will even just word. And a big reason for that is that other studios purposely avoided this time yes. because of Avatar. They don't want to compete with it directly. I think the next big movie to come out is Ant- the new Ant-Man, right? And that's in Wakanda February. came out a month earlier. It's staying in number two in the box office. Nothing released simultaneously with Avatar. And mm-hmm. now next week you get the Christmas kids programming. You'll get, well, not kids, but Babylon. Definitely not for kids. And then Puss in Boots, that's the last Oscar people. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Oh, yes, you're, yes. You're getting some Oscar uh, stuff like that. It's, yeah. it's going to be Avatar for at least another month, I would say, number one. But I, I it's still I'm still hearing a lot of people like you went to the theater for that. And it's like, yes. What else are you going to go for? But, right. And now, Mike, my announcement, and I've been saying this off pod, but I'll say this on pod here. <laughs> this is the last long movie I'm ever going to. And wow. you say, what else are you going to? I agree with that. If the branding shifted, if they now said things like, it's not even a movie, it's, we call them mega blockbusters, Zack Snyder's Justice League, Way of Water, fucking Wakanda yeah. got close to fucking three hours. If, Top if Gun this Maverick, is the trend that th- that's these not super fucking long, things, that's not super long, Doc. That's right. only two hours. It's super well selling. But Doc, trying to I'm get talking you to stop about binging and go outside for a long period exactly. of time. Exactly. Yes. They are. It, if they're going to do that shit, market it differently. Fucking upscale and charge me more. Charge me. Jacob and I paid fucking fourteen fifty for three D matinee tickets. They're already fucking expensive. If if that's Jeez. how it's going, sell me your mega movies. That way you can test it. And when the ninety minute rated R films still start making monies at theaters, I'll know I'm right, and that people don't want these mega movies. Be done. Well, with them. I cast them away. <laughs> I. Agree and disagree to a certain extent because I've I've mentioned, you know, my thoughts on long movies before, but I've always think I've been consistent in saying if it's a movie that I think is good and think is deserving of the length, then I don't mind it being long. You're I, again, it, you I think it's a yeah. Yeah. What I don't like is bad movies that are long for no reason. And yeah, I do think this movie is too long. It could be it's way too long. Half an hour to 45 drags. minutes shorter for sure. But at the same time, I think it's more of a personal thing where it's like, look at the Lord of the Rings extended edition. Are those movies too long? Well, some people would say yes. But if you're a huge fan of the world and the lore, you're going to want to see everything related to that. Same with Avatar. If you're a fan of Avatar already, you're going to want to see every scene available. Like you want to see the longest cut possible. So Mm -hmm. it's just a personal personal preference i think if there was yeah. a four-hour movie called kevin feige's avengers i would not watch it <laughs> no i would, no. I would say i was talking to my mom and my stepdad yeah. about this and i was like yeah it was like three hours and ten minutes they're like was there an intermission and i was like oh that would be a great idea if they brought back That's intermission they should they used to do that gone with the wind a three-hour movie with an intermission in the middle in theaters <laughs> people would they would stop the movie for like 15 minutes play some you know, organ music or whatever. Yeah, That's what we need to bring play. back. If you're going to have a long ass movie like that, 
yeah, why not have an intermission so people can use the bathroom and not have to miss a pivotal death scene, you know? Yeah, bring back the intermissions. Yeah. There's, remember, I always got to shout out long movies. There's a website called when to pee or something.com. And it'll right. tell you when the, you know. I should have checked that. It's when they're in the water village. Okay. Don't worry. Um, yeah. I guess. But again, we'll, yeah. Yeah. Sorry. Uh, I was just going to say. Oh, God. <laughs> sorry. Go ahead. Go I ahead. see you. You go. I see you. I see you. Um, I was just going to say, you know, with every MC, the, the thing that I don't like is the trend of like every MCU movie getting longer and longer Boy. movies that don't need to be so long Two out like 90 minutes, 90 to 120 minutes is really the ideal length. I think for most movies. Yeah. But it's part market. of the meta that if you push three hours, that means other movies have less opportunity to be screened. You're taking True. up more time. So there's, there's a meta behind screen ownership. But I also Very think true. that Mike, there's this it. belief of like, it's not an epic unless it is like I'm making the Lawrence Arabia of blue fish people movies. And it's like, right. Well, Mania is not that. Yeah. No. Every movie is not an epic. Even if you make it epic in length, no. it's not going to feel epic. It's just going to feel but, too long. But mm-hmm. your runtime has no reflection on that. 90 minute movies can feel gigantic too. Yes. in the way that they're shot, produced, presented and affected. Like, it, I absolutely. Bet. Yeah. And, and let me, you know, I said, I, I, I don't love avatar. I don't love avatar way of the water. Although we've been talking the hell out of it. You know, we're still going. I maybe love it now more than when I might've got myself into guys. liking yeah. it more. <laughs> You were pretty negative at the work. beginning of the podcast. Yeah. You know, my, Jay, Jacob has shown us the way of the Navi, and now we're <laughs> softening our stance. But, uh, see you, but uh, there's a version of this that's like an hour and 20 minutes. It's very tight because there's a lot of stuff with like um, Quark and Spider where it's like they're just gone for like an hour and a half. And it like doesn't feel like his pursuit is very like it's not time sensitive. It's like, ah, fuck it. Well, well it's almost like he it. had so many ideas. He's like, well, I got to fit all this stuff into right. this movie. Well, so here he's the star better. of the eighth of this film. And you're like the eighth. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> but it's almost like he had too many ideas for one yeah. movie. Yeah. But again, he has all these cut. other ideas for other sequels. So yeah, he just has boy. so many, so yeah, much. He took to do and turned down 30 other pitches. I mean, there, this is wow. a world where there are so many ideas. Ah. Yeah. And then yeah. it has a nine-hour cut. You already have the next three movies. Just chop it into three pieces. That's what I don't You're understand. Done. You're already like, done that, with the next yeah, three that's, movies. That makes but he's already sense. has so many ideas for the... He was, he's just going to make ten sequels at that point. What he's going to learn to do is so he, either, he either needs whale juice or to upload his brain into an avatar <laughs> so he can keep making them forever. But that's I am just, James Cameron. Yes. <laughs> oh, no. Fifth. Let It'll me be like just, the Feige bot in She-Hulk. Yeah. Correct. I will um, try to concisely say maybe why I'm not in love with this, although it's impressive when we've talked to it a lot. It's just the stuff we said, just in summary. Plot, things are weird. Why military clearance let Spider run around on a boat and ruin it? Makes no sense. But the emotional core is there. The plot is goofy and sometimes inconsistent. A little bit of retconning. And really, at the end of the day, that's fine. It just seems like for what the core story is, I don't love Pandora as a fantasy world. It's it's beautiful to see. I just it doesn't have its hooks yeah. in me. So mm-hmm. it to me just feels like a huge waste of money for a very simple story that is just sure. James Cameron's fetish. But it's his passion project and his money. He'll do what he wants. But for me, the story doesn't warrant the budget. If that makes I sense. would it does make sense. And I would say you're not wrong on some of your points. I agree with you. Um, at the same time, like I think it has a lot of the same 
issues that the first movie had where it has a very basic plot mm-hmm. but the plot is really more of a vehicle to set up this whole world and the the characters and their relationships within the world yeah the plot is messy it's it's poorly structured poorly paced at times too long all that being said like i still think it's like a great achievement in terms of cinematic you know just cinematic achievements like when you again it's to a compare it to other it's a technical marvel but even aside from that like i i think i do like the world of pandora more than you guys and i think that's, that's sort right. of the selling point where if you're into that world it's just like anything like star wars if you're not into yeah. the star wars lore you're not going to like star wars movies that much like you said I'm, a, I'm the lord of the rings of this you know yeah i could not yeah. get enough of those kind of original movies and those worlds right or whatever and Lord of the Rings, a lot of the same themes, you know, with yeah. uh, industrialization. But and- that said, I watched Alita right after this, Jacob, and I had tech. I was kind of live texting you guys this after we had gotten home, mm-hmm. and I was thinking, I was like, "Oh, on the podcast, I always say I'm a fantasy guy over sci-fi." But boy, I don't like Avatar as much as Alita. And then in my mind, I was like, wait, Avatar is sci-fi. It's not fantasy. Avatar <laughs> like, is like, like sci-fi really fantasy. I mean, those those genres can blend together yes. a lot because you can say, it's, yeah, it's interesting to see how it does. This is the only few where I feel like, no, it goes away from the dystopia. Yes, it is there. But he has yeah. the positivity to be like, but the solution is and has always been revert to our roots. Love. Be kind to the earth. Love yeah. each other. And like yes. all these things. And you're like, yes, I do know very, that, James Cameron. You are yeah. right. Yeah, it's a very kind of dystopian movie about the future of humans. That's saying that's hopeful in the end and saying we can be better. Yeah, he's Navi. Dystopian um, about humans, hopeful about Earth. I like that, Jacob. That's beautiful. yeah, yeah. And I think um, you know the world of Pandora to me aesthetically, it is very interesting because I love you know grim dark stuff as much as the next person. I like Game of Thrones. Obviously, Star Wars can be very grim and just aesthetically very kind of dark and i think that's cool but to see something so different from that with avatar where it's just full of color full of life this whole planet of pandora like there's really not too much sci-fi that is even aesthetically like this right no no for sure and and i mean the human stuff is a little more similar to you know human military future stuff like we've seen that even in terminator and stuff but the, the, I don't know. I just love the design of the Navi. I love the design of all the flora and fauna of Pandora. I think it's so interesting. You know, I love my blue cat people. I don't care what people say. That's it's amazing. Yeah. No, I mean, I'm in it. I'm into for, it. it. For, you know, the history of cinema, it's definitely the most actualized alien world, right? Give them credit yeah. for that. And Colin, you mentioned Alita. And again, we, we noticed in the first movie that uh, this will tie into my whale juice theory. Um, so... Mm. Uh, Sully's in like cyberpunk world, you know, like that's the right. future. And yes. again, that's like, hey, Ridley Scott, did you make Alien? Okay. Hey, Ridley Scott, did you make Blade Runner? <laughs> well, I'm doing Avatar. Yeah. It's well, it's a whole thing. world that's, again, consumed by capitalism. He's right. a he's a military vet who can't afford to get new legs because he doesn't have the money for it. His vet insurance isn't good enough. They can't give him legs. He fought it. for his country. Like, Not in the future. Yeah. Right. So from an Earth perspective, they fucked up their whole planet. It's a very cyberpunk planet where he came from, right? Yes. And then their thing is Earth is dying. We're going to move here again. That's kind of a cyberpunk thing. And rich people and a lot of the cyberpunk media I've been ingesting because I'm, I'm an addict for it now. Rich They're people, stuck. all they want is immortality. 
They want to go right. to space. They want to get off of Earth because it sucks down there, and they want to live forever. It's broken. And that's no. why the whale juice is so valuable. And that's why that's I think right. the first people you'll see colonizing will be the wealthy of Earth. They'll be the Wayland first people arriving at Pantora. Yeah. yeah. So the rich if only they realize the evil nation or whatever. Hundred percent. They just yeah. need to be down there living the way of water, baby. A simpler existence. No, I need to That's bring right. capitalism to this planet. And that'll be maybe the conflict of the next one, like the the rich yes. mortals. I think you're through definitely like that. you're definitely on the right track there. And if it seems like That's all sci-fi these days is all about how capitalism is ruining the earth <laughs> and climate change and everything, it's because it's becoming more and more of a a reality here on. In it's the present, all and, we see, yeah, mm-hmm. and it's only continue to going to you know get worse and worse, uh, and more prevalent, and it's going to be hard to ignore. So, yeah, a lot right. of dystopian sci-fi is about that. Unless the adults start listening to the Gretas of the world, that's right. right. Nothing's going to change, and it's not. Yeah, that's right. So, yeah, that's the bummer. So, all right, valid movie is valid. I just don't love Pandora, but technical achievement. Check it out. Just That's as fair. a curiosity. I, I, I don't hate it. It's fine. Hell yeah. I just don't love Pandora, but I've had a great time talking to you guys. And that's my, that's it for me. Colin. It's very, yeah, it stimulated a great conversation. Mm-hmm. And that's more than you can say about, you know, we can talk about this movie longer than we can talk about uh, the new Jurassic world or, or whatever. Right. Transformers, so yeah, easy. Yeah. I, yeah, I haven't seen you post your letterbox yet, Jacob. I was kind of like eagerly waiting to. for that afterwards because yeah. I, I really did enjoy your Avatar 1 review. Um, I'm nervous about where things are going to land for our top 10s for 2022 because mm. I'm not positive this will make it or things like The Batman and, and, and these big movies that I've really like whittled down or removed off. But then, like, nope has stuck with me and is mm. still up there. And then, but I ca- almost can't stop thinking of this film in the same way as nope. So I wonder mm. if there will be a shifting and if I will return to this. I, I don't know. Hmm. Nope. I, I definitely think nope is a better movie than this movie. And it's it just is, not as messy. Yeah. It's, I mean, Jordan Peele is such a yeah. controlled filmmaker. He knows, you know, he just has such a control over the medium that. James Cameron, I don't feel like he's a master storyteller in that he's more of a master of the technical aspects of film. And the story is always kind of the weakest point of a lot of his films. Maybe not T2, because that has a great story, but, you know, other other movies. Um, he's not the fable men. You know. Yeah, he's right. not Spielberg. He's not Scorsese. No. He's doing fable. his own thing. But uh, I don't know We've- with my top 10, you know, there's a lot of movies I still need to see this year that are kind of the critics darlings that i haven't seen yet so i kind of got to wait a little bit i gotta see if avatar is gonna be number one (laughs) (laughs) it probably won't be number one i think right now nope is my top movie of the year and i've been saying uh you know i've been worrying about kind of the future of blockbuster movies you know but it just in recent years we've gotten you know last year dune i thought that was great a great blockbuster epic Mm -hmm. we got top gun maverick which i still haven't seen but i hear it's good love Uh, We've got Nope this summer, and now we've got The Way of Water. I think there are a lot of gems within the blockbuster kind of landscape in the past couple years. Yeah. Even smaller things like Barbarian. Like, blockbusters seem to be fine, but small movies are doing good, too. Yeah. Yes. Yes. All right. Kind of stuff. This has never happened before. 
<laughs> I'm literally 3% away from my laptop dying. We've been talking about this so Incredible. long. So we wow. have to wrap it up here. Yeah. Uh, if you have any other thoughts, let us know. Hit us up at normies underscore like underscore us. Where, of course, you can tell us your uh, name and, and what animal you're bonded with. And, and I see you. What the people of your tribe are doing. We, of course, will see you on the yes. internet. You can see us, if you'd like, at our YouTube channel as well. Uh, like, rate, review, subscribe. That helps us out a ton. And let us know what you think of The Way of Water. We want to hear about that and what your top 10 of the year are as well. That's right. Um, and the, the year's coming to a close soon. And yes. I just want to say we've got a little treat for you next week that I think you're going to like. We have a treat a coming break. up and then we're going to take New Year's off, right? So just so our, our listeners are kind of caught up on that, look forward to an episode next week and then happy holidays to everyone. Absolutely. Yes. Absolutely. And uh, as we alluded to, yes, I see you. And that's what uh, where Sully should have taken his first son after he got shot. That's right. Did you guys think when he plugs into the tree at the end, shouldn't he have been a human? I would have liked the imagery if it was human Jake Soli holding hands with Natiri mm-hmm. as they look at their dead kid. I think it's almost like in the but first he one, he discarded his, his human identity by throwing his it's body away. It's just gone. So, so even mentally, he is. He gotcha. thinks of himself as a Navi, even though okay. he does things certain things differently, like he uses a gun and has military training and that kind of thing. But mm. I never would. I have a lot of castaway dreams or like ending up on like another planet or something. I, I will never give in to anyone else's culture. You're never going to go dances with wolves? <laughs> never. Or, uh, <laughs> wow. All right, oh. we have been your hosts. This is uh, Spider Colin. Um, Spider Mike. <laughs> and this is uh, Spider Jacob. Spider Jake Sully. <laughs> yeah, Spider Jake Sully. Spider Spider Jake. Spiders stick Spider together. Spiders <laughs> stick together. Oh, I love that. Bye. Throwing my dreadlocks out as we speak. Mm-hmm. Bye. Faster when I'm blue. My name is Gandalf the Grey, and I'm imploring you to leave a like, share, and subscribe to this podcast. Don't keep it secret. Don't keep it safe. Don't take me as a conjurer of cheap tricks, and we'll catch you on the next episode of Normies Like Us. Fly, you fools!